All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the studio for another episode of the Screaming Idiot Show with your favorites, Tyler, Kyler, and Preston. And we have very special guests in the studio. We have the other half of Sour Blood. We interviewed um, the first half in season three, I believe that was. We had to bring the rest of the band in. These guys are too fucking interesting. So I want to welcome in Jay and Steve from Sour Blood. How are you guys doing? Happy to be here. Feeling good. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah man. Did you, guys have, did you guys just leave band practice to come yeah. here? Is that what I heard? Literally, we're, our practice space is two miles away from here. Hell man. yeah. So it was just a two for one. Yeah. yeah there you sweet. Go. You guys practice at Brad's? Mm-hmm. I'll have to stop by sometime. Yeah. yeah. We, we actually both live in Grove City. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So, okay. I forgot Brad said gotcha. you moved to Grove City. That's right. Yeah, we got a little insight from from Brad and, and Bloomy on you guys, but I know, like, Jay, you're a school teacher? Yep. Hell yep. yeah, man. What I do you teach, uh, do you teach fifth grade math. Fifth grade math. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, for me, like... <laughs> No, it's, have you ever I don't have fond know memories if you're actually of smarter than a fifth grader? <laughs> I would have loved to have a metalhead as my math teacher, though. Yeah, fuck. that would have been cool as fuck. Do your kids know that you're do, like? Do your kids in your in your class classes know like, yo, I'm, I'm play guitar in a metal band, like I'm metal as fuck. Some, some do. It's not something that I advertise a lot. Sure. You know, I don't. I don't make head. it a, a part of my. It's not Lessons your whole personality or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. It's not your identity at school. Gotcha. No. But uh, let's see. This year, this year was the first year that I had some students actually come to show. I had, really? I had students that came to uh, the sh- what was that? The St. Patty's Day, the Stand Your Ground. Oh yeah, here there in town. Oh yeah. yeah, I was at that um, show. Yeah. <clears throat> But actually, prior to that, <laughs> when we played the Scarecrow Festival, yeah. I remember seeing pictures of kids out at the people, Scarecrow Festival. And it was just by playing. chance. Okay. <clears throat> just because we happened to play out in public and people were there by chance. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, kids that from school that watched me. And then I came to school the, the next week and they're coming up to me and. I saw you on stage and all this stuff. And awesome. It's like your alter ego. They're finding out yeah, about your alter ego. Yeah, a few kids uh, wore Sour Blood shirts to school this year. That's metal as fuck. Hell That's yeah. awesome, Sour Blood's for the kids. We know that. For the kids. Brad and Bloomy said that on their show. Like, hey, Sour Blood's for the kids, man. <laughs> so, how was practice, first off? It was good. Good jam sesh? You guys yeah. gave us a little sneak peek of uh, some new Sour Blood music when you when you came out. So Whoo! tasty jams. Yeah. Very excited about that. Um, practice has been good. Uh, I know this is going to air after. Yeah, I was going to say stuff. when is as as we're recording this. I'm trying to get in this habit of telling our listeners when we're recording so they understand the time gap here. It is July 19th. Uh, so when are you guys planning on dropping this this new music? Uh, July. 31st okay. is the date that uh, Bloomy was thinking, and it seems as good a date as any. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So sounds like it's ready to me. No, I was say, from what I heard, it sounds ready. <laughs> you yeah. guys might not think so because you're the ones who created it, but. No, um, it's, it's ready. That's why I'm. Um, what was it? Yesterday, I, I believe. I'm like, what are, when are we going to release this? Like, we've been sitting on this for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. It's always interesting to try to like figure out because you get something that's a finished product like this lyric video that we're putting out with this single. 
and it's like it's ready now why isn't it already up and it's just like maybe just got a little bit of time just kind of like delay it a little bit just so when it does land it can have like a little bit of a better impact trying Mm -hmm. to figure out the timing of that stuff is always a little tricky yeah. And there's never, like, a perfect answer either, so. That is an, an interesting topic, and we don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but I, I always no, think about. What's that? <laughs> we're going down. I do want to right hear a little bit more about Steve and let him introduce himself. Um, but I, I am always curious, you know, how often do these bands, and I'm sure it's all the time, have new music that they, they're, they're sitting on and they're waiting on the perfect moment to release it, and they're like, man, this is fucking gold. Why are we, why are we sitting on this? And when is the quote-unquote right time and i think that ties in if you guys have ever listened to our show before we've talked about the momentum curve right Mm -hmm. and staying relevant and i think it all kind of ties together and that's a rabbit hole that we can dive in but i do want to hear steve tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and you play bass for the band right i do so before he starts let me just (laughs) (laughs) here we go let me just say this real quick i'm gonna let you finish so (laughs) when when I found out that that Brad and Bloomy were coming on the podcast, yep, um, I started going back and I, I started listening to oh, episodes. I'm about to get your guys' asses too. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh boy! Uh oh! I started going back and listening to episodes because I'm like, oh, I'm interested in this. I want to. I haven't really checked it out yet, so I want to. You know, you know how when you go down a rabbit hole one night, mm-hmm. I'm just sitting there like, all right. So I just like rapid fired multiple um also that was you <laughs> that little the peak in the he views literally, yeah. he literally texted us I said, someone is going start to finish through the whole catalog of episodes one after another it was you that was me Ooh. Thank and you. um <laughs> thank you so <clears throat> one episode in particular oh boy um the topic was uh name Name some bands who you feel like are doing things well mm-hmm. um, in the in the local scene. Oh uh-huh. yeah, yep. absolutely. And mm-hmm. there was I can't remember the name of the first band. Uh, well, but the second band was Sour Blood. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm listening to it, and it number one, it's interesting to. It was a great episode. I listened to that one as well. Thank you. It's interesting to listen to other people talk about your band when you're not present. You sure. know, because so often when you play shows and you're, you know, crossing paths in that sort of setting and you're playing a show and, you know, people tend to come up and give you feedback on how you played. Mm-hmm. And most of the time it's great show and all that. Yep. Well, the drunk dude. Man, it was great, man. <laughs> You're not going to remember any of this tomorrow. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes it's hard to decipher between people who are genuine and feel mm-hmm. that way genuinely and people that feel like it's just like the right thing to do or the right thing to say. Mm-hmm. Don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Without <clears throat> actually believing it. Um, so for me personally... I base that on how I feel about the show. So it's like if I get off stage and I felt like we played a killer show, mm-hmm. like I'm just like real high off those vibes. Yep. And people are coming up telling me great show. I just tend to believe everyone because I'm feeling great about it. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you right. know, yeah. Yeah. but if I, if I get off stage 
and it's just one of those shows where it's like, man, you just feel sort of disappointed or feel like you could have just, it could have gone better. Sure. Then when people say good show, I'm like, really? You lying, you lying ass ass. <laughs> Especially musicians or other bands. That are hypercritical yeah. of themselves. Yeah. For sure. So it's interesting to hear other people talk about your band when you're not present mm-hmm. when you're not around. Um, and by the way, all, all the stuff was, uh, that was said, it was, you know, it was all positive. It was all good things. But one thing in particular stood out Uh-oh. to me Uh-oh. and it was, no, it, it was, um, we were talking about the bass player <laughs> and it okay. was, what was it? Someone said, I think they have trouble keeping a bass keeping player. A bass player. Yeah. You realize I've been in the band for coming up on four years now. <laughs> this guy. Damn, <laughs> you man! Piece of I've been shit. following you guys for like so long. I've, I, I feel like I see a different bass player that every is, time. He listened to that and said, "That December twenty nineteen <laughs> is when I joined Sour Blood. I missed one show. Oh shit! I missed one show. That might have been and all one of the sudden, ones I've seen." <laughs> <laughs> it was because was... the only members I really knew were were Brad and I kind of know of Jay. No, that's um, fair. And let's be honest, I completely agree with your guys' sentiment that bass players are like condoms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand uh, yep. the feeling that Jay has about playing shows. <clears throat> like I never had that feeling because if I fuck up, nobody heard me anyway. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's how so... he feels the same way. Yeah. <laughs> but so I'm, I'm always <laughs> yeah, having a great time. time. Did you feel me drop out? <laughs> no. <Nah, laughs> If I gotta like drop out or if my hands cramping up, I just let it let that let it the, ring the out. Open or just let it ring out. Yeah, like, baby. Oh. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, just thickness underneath everything just makes it sound heavy. I'm so glad you called him out on that shit. But yeah, I've been. See, because I wouldn't well, know. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know. I I just I well, feel, I felt like it was, I, I watched uh, some people cycle through, and I was like, man, there have been, so. Uh, Sour Blood as a band has been around since 2005. Mm-hmm. So coming up on 20 years, the right. only Crazy. original member is Justin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, yeah, you're probably right. You have seen a lot of different iterations. Yeah, because I know, uh, and, and in all fairness, how many shows have you played with Sour Blood since Steve's been in the band? You know, since three, 2019. roughly, probably. Yeah, maybe a couple three, bashes. Muddy yeah. Creek. Bash. But I know bash, I, I got a buddy yeah. Austin Adams. I think played with you guys way back when, right? That was I before think, my time. Yeah, yeah. I okay. think he played bass. Yeah, uh, there's definitely been some lineup changes, but yeah, I've been in the band since 2019. Oh, the the show that I missed <laughs> I'm, was I'm the. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> we got canceled <laughs> after we, the season. We got to change the song. Way worse on this. Well, yeah. we've already been canceled. That has kind of been like a running joke that I've been bringing up uh, lately is whenever I go to pick up tickets for like, if we're doing a show at King of clubs or wherever I'm out or anything like that, nobody knows who the fuck I am. <laughs> it's like, I'm Steve with sour blood and I've known a few of you for quite a long time. Cause I've been playing in music in the Columbus scene uh, for a while okay. uh, with other this- bands. 
And <laughs> a bunch of these people I've known for over a decade, and like, who are you with? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm the, the bass player, man. It's That's fine. fine. Know, <laughs> he just doesn't even exist. You know how many times people of uh, like promoters and shit we've worked with called me Sean because they just assumed that the front man was the person they talked to handling nope. all the business. <laughs> and you know, no, they're actually, like, call bass. me Sean. I'm like, yeah, but like, that's not my name. The guys playing bass is so much fun. You don't even know. I don't even have to hit all the same notes as him. I can, I don't just, play, <laughs> I can just play like one or two and I'm fine and it's just so have funny. a good time. It's so funny. I don't know if you listened to the uh, episode we released earlier this week where it was just me and Tyler talking about the counterparts, moths, boundaries show we went to at King of Clubs and how counterparts and moths were both missing their basses. And it's like, you fucking notice that shit. We do, as musicians, notice that. When it's not because there. Because it feels yeah. different. It's You know like when you, that condom's not there, bro. Bass, but it, it but, doesn't feel the same. But that, the one part of that analogy that yeah, I disagree I with. Because <laughs> it's better when a bass player is there. Yeah, so it's, it's almost like the bass player is like the lack of a condom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like when the bass player is not there, you're like, oh, I gotta I, put this what, on. I think I uh, compared it to like... Um, having the bass player there is like the Trojan skin condom, and then <laughs> not the bass there not like being the there is the like stop. yeah, the shit at the truck stop. <laughs> Put a quarter in, you know, you're getting a lot lizard in the parking lot. Yeah. Like they both work, but they don't feel the same. Well, I don't Jay know said, the one works so good. Jay's over there, yeah, like, one job. Love me some lot lizards, <laughs> 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 bro. It's it's so. F- <laughs> Oh God! We're I already love off doing the rails. <laughs> <laughs> we're already off the rails. That's fine. Let's go, buddy. It's fantastic. So, so I, I don't want to again, dude. I'm the king of fucking rabbit holes. Me too. You talked about you've played the king of clubs. Mm-hmm. We talked about that venue from a fan perspective, and these guys need to fucking play it. Um, yeah, you absolutely do. How do you feel about that venue playing it? Uh, playing it, I've there isn't really many other venues that I can think of that for me personally, have treated me better as an artist. That's I've heard awesome that so to hear, dude. Times. And Love what's, it. like, even though we're just another Columbus <clears throat> band, uh, it was super just awesome just walking in that place and being treated like a national. That's, that's awesome, And that's, bro. like, it's hard to replicate because you go to other places um and whether they're local or out of town I was just saying, you guys have played Incarceration before. Like, you, you all played some big shows, so. Well, yeah, and thank you for noticing. Well, in all, in all, in all respect, I was there. there. In was all there. respect, Brad and uh, Justin. The condom about was that. there. I was there. We had uh, protection that day. But uh, yeah, and we've been very fortunate to get on some of the shows that we have been. And uh, some of that, you know, we could attribute to hard work. But a lot of that is also luck and just kind of us being prepared. Yep. in the moment to mm-hmm. kind of take advantage of that opportunity that presented itself. But I mean, there's a lot of hardworking bands that are phenomenal in this town that don't get those kind of breaks. And I couldn't tell you why when they absolutely deserve them. Sure. Um, but yeah, King of clubs, if you're able to get on a show there, like the staff is amazing. Uh, they treat you like royalty. It's in the name. It's part of their slogan. And yeah. they absolutely live up to that. That's and awesome. I've heard that from so many they other um, so many other people. My buddy Kagan, uh, Kagan King in Breathing Theory and Artifacts, he had posted something a while back and we had talked about it together and he's like, dude, I felt like I was the biggest thing. Biggest you know, the biggest thing in town when we were there playing. Like the way they treated us was 
way different than anywhere oh, else. Yeah. They have plenty of stage hands that help you get your gear on. Okay. They mm. have every member in the band gets two free drinks. Right? Yeah. Nice. So, I mean, they were just what, like a little. They were what, like fucking eight bucks a piece? Six. No, yeah, well, yeah, but they yeah. do good deals. But I mean, big beers. I mean, they were giving you big beers. You weren't getting fucking okay. twelve ounce cans. Yeah, you right. were getting no, big ones. They call out specials all the time. Like they'll do like what two for five. Yes, shots Some, of Fireball and yes. All I know yeah. is I, there was one show X Factor One was playing. Q calls out a special during their set, and he's like, "Until the end of the set, the drinks are such and such price. Go get them." That's cool. And it was a fucking blur, and I just see Jay is like. Just like that cartoon is just like yeah. a, a cloud shaped like Jay where he used to be. Dude, it was and, and oh, from a man. from a fan perspective, arguably the best venue I've been at. And and Tyler not argued with me, but disagreed with me a little bit that <clears> I still consider that a small venue. It's not. It you know it's not a bar. It's an actual music it's, venue meant for music. Yeah. But you know. When you think about the Newport, you think about any of those those places down in Newport, Kentucky, the Madison. Um, that was by far my favorite uh, venue that I've been to because I don't I don't care for like big festivals nearly as much as I do for those smaller venues. The energy that you get in a building like that is fucking bonkers. Dude. Oh like, yeah, it's so much better than a festival because everybody's dicking around on their phones or they're talking. When or you're doing in there, this, recording recording the whole time. time. When you're in there, yeah. dude, the mosh pit's as big as the fucking venue and. Yeah. Motherfuckers are going nuts. And I'm like, this is the type of energy I want when I go to a metal show. Oh, for sure. And then also, like, if you in there on a packed night and seeing that the balcony is also full. Yes. I That just adds something else, right? And, yeah, it's uh, as a fan perspective as well, because I've gone to plenty of shows up there, whether it's local or national acts. Like, it's awesome to have a dedicated place again. Like, yeah. I could just pick a night and not even know who's going to be playing the venue and mm -hmm. just go because something's happening at the King of Clubs. It's going to be a cool atmosphere. And it's going to be it's, cool. Yeah. People are going to be awesome. The food's going to be good. The drinks are going to be good. And I'm going to get a good show. And it's been, I don't even know, like probably 15, 20 years since I've felt like that anywhere else in people Columbus. Have, yeah, people have told me that it feels like it's kind of replaced Al Rosa. Al Rosa, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's better that. in every aspect. No, uh, it's so, I, I, was very I never went to Al Rosa. I didn't so either. I it's know. very clean. It's very upscale. You're not waiting in line at the bathrooms. You're not waiting right. in line to get drinks. The patio outside's nice. There could be hundreds of people in there, and there was at the show we were at, but it didn't feel cramped at all. You weren't shoulder to shoulder. There's so much room. The stage is nice and high. You can see everything that's going on. The sound quality is great. Mm -hmm. The bounce, like everybody was so nice and polite. Mm -hmm. It was just a cool-ass place, man. I'm like, fuck, this is the spot. We're going to see Polaris and Currents there in October. We've and been I'm lazy, Tyler. used to go back. We I have been very lazy. Yes, that have. lineup you just named <clears throat> is a great example of something just kind of like an underlying thing that the uh, King of Clubs is doing correctly mm -hmm. uh just coming from my the band i was in uh back in the day we used to tour all the time like all over the place and mention that band really quick this fire's embrace 
Oh shit! Yeah, I was a founding member. Okay. Yeah, I, I was in that band that too. Band. Okay. I haven't heard of it. That's Sorry. fine. He was he was just a condom in that band, so it really yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> <you know. laughs> actually, not just a condom. We played a little bit higher than we do now, so I was a little bit sure. more noticeable. Okay. Okay. But there's some venues that, like it didn't matter if they had the money to book us or not. If it was if we played there once and it was shitty, mm-hmm. like we were never going to go back there again. Yeah. And like king of clubs is getting these big bands to come these big shows to mm-hmm. come through and i the only thing i can attribute that to other than just being like top-notch quality as far as like the production value and the experiences is the way that they treat the bands because words spread reputation yep. it's yeah, yeah. word spreads so quick like it, all it takes is one band to be like these guys were assholes they treated us like shit yep. the whole oh, and, time and, bad and then nobody's coming to your quicker. club mm-hmm. yeah. but these guys are like king of clubs is constantly getting these bigger and bigger shows so like they're doing a lot of things right yeah it, it was a cool experience and i i'm i hope that these guys can get to play it um, sometime in the future because I know you guys have played there another band we talk about a lot Waste of White just played there here recently mm-hmm. um, so <clears throat> they it's cool that they support the national scene the local scene and it's all interchangeable they're constantly having shows like you said you probably go to that place any fucking night of the week and know yeah. that you're going to get a good show just throw a dart on the calendar and go there and on go. that night I got a free night awesome. you're yeah. good yeah. And for us, you know, even though it was an hour and 15 minute drive up there, it was an easy hour and 15 minutes. It's right off 71. It's not like mm-hmm. it's hard to get to. It's not in a, it doesn't seem like it's in a bad neighborhood by any stretch of the imagination. So, and the people, the, the, the fans that were there were super cool. You know, you didn't have a bunch of fucking dumb people that you get at some, some of those smaller shows. Oh yeah. It's just a good quality crowd and good, a great show. So I'm well, glad to hear that they treat the, treat uh, the bands right. Well, yeah, my mom actually came out to our last show there uh, when we were opening up for Bleeding Through, and she's 71. You guys mm-hmm. opened for Fuck Bleeding Through? Yes. Back in mm-hmm. March? Was that March? It was the first weekend of March of this year. Yeah. That's fucking dope, dude. Yeah. Those dudes so, rip. Brutal <clears throat> show. My 71-year-old mom That's awesome. is right front and center. That's and I'm like, fucking awesome. Mom. <laughs> That's metal as fuck. That is metal as fuck. That is metal as fuck. Yeah, Here's but how the we were... pit goes off. Dude, the pit goes bonkers there. Yeah. But, like, whoever was right around my mom... They like literally just formed a wall oh, around awesome. her to keep her from getting knocked over, that's and that just awesome. goes awesome. to you know speak highly of the that's crowd. A lot better that comes than out. the uh, the the dude on crutches yeah, when we was, were there. Yeah. Jay, what were you about to say? I was going to say for that, his life. So <laughs> with that what show, do you think? bring crutches to a show. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say with that show. See, bleeding through wasn't even on tour at that time. Okay. That weekend was the weekend of the Arnold Classic. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. And their vocalist also has a, uh, he's big into like fitness, weightlifting. Mm-hmm. I think he, he owns a gym, right? He owns like a gym. He has some kind of business. So he was already in Columbus for the convention. For the convention. And <laughs> so they flew, uh, the rest of the band just flew in and um, I'm trying to remember. That's pretty fucking cool. So it was a spur of the moment thing for them. Yeah, it was just like they flew in, they did the show with us, and they flew back and he went back to the convention. Well, and that's a cool topic that I would like to discuss later on in this show if if we end up having time. But we've talked about 
there's a couple other things I want to jump into beforehand just to get your guys' backgrounds and hopefully I'm not stepping No, that's exactly where I was going to go was okay. I want to I hear some influences. But we've talked like about, that. and Brad did a really good job of explaining how and why, like, as a musician nowadays, unless you're all the way up here, you ain't making real money. Like you really have, and we'll talk about Steve's it later. Right yeah, there, yeah. It all. I could be wrong, but Fuck uh, it. it feels we're that already way. on it. Go in, okay. go in on it. Okay, Ray, we started. Might as well. Um, and so there's some like you have to have something primary, and then your, your band income. or band, and then something supplementing it on the side. Yeah, and I think uh, it's just like everything else. It, there's different levels to everything. Mm-hmm. I've in my musical career, I've gotten to the point where I was able to tour um, pretty consistently. Uh, I think we would have been considered in this fire's embrace like more of a regional act. Okay. But we were making some stretches. We did some shows out in like Oregon and across like the Plains area, and we went all the way out to like North Carolina and some other places. Uh, so we made some stretches out there, but at the level that we were at, we were de- definitely reaching outside, I think, of where, um, you know, our sphere of influence was, sure. if yeah. that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, which we did have some help a little bit because radio was a little bit bigger back then. Yeah. Which it still is huge if you can get on radio. Uh, but we had like a specific spot in Wilmington, North Carolina. There was like a radio U type radio station, kind of local and small, but they were like servicing the area and they had us on heavy rotation. So we were like, yeah, we're going to go do a show oh, there. That's smart. And it was packed, but it's definitely those kind of early stages of touring as like a not really well-known band are definitely going to kind of show you who you are a little bit as a touring musician or as a someone who wants to make music a career. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like there's the levels above that, which I had known nothing about mm-hmm. where you're actually like, okay, you got some support. Yeah. There's some production value. There's some financial backing. Exactly. Let's hop on our private stuff. jet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but even that is like, the nation uh, <laughs> as just completely separate from music as someone who's flown for a, you know, part of my work. Um, you get coach a lot <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's cramped and you're, yeah. it's not like first class or anything or even business class yeah, or no, business yeah. class. Like you are crammed in there and I'm sure mm-hmm. even with that, there's levels that even I don't know about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, touring is hard and i'm sure it's even hard for I reasons that i can't think of for the bands that are successful mm-hmm. so it's Jay, just you have anything lot. to add to that piece um yeah i feel like uh it's just it was a real eye-opener for me i'm trying to remember back to who who it was and to clarify for the listeners i don't i don't know that we mentioned but jay is the lead guitarist for sour blood so sorry about that if so Yep, six, seven, possibly eight. Mm. Oh, see. Jesus. He's going, <laughs> <laughs> He's going gent on us. Yeah. Bunch of triples in Sour Blood's future. But, uh, <laughs> so there was a, a a member of a band. I got a hot Pretty big. Later. I, I can't think of who it was. But I read something to where about their like annual income. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and it was not a lot. You know what sure. I mean? It was like 40 Gs, something like that. It's in today's world. Is, and I'm like, what? It's like almost poverty in today's world. Like, like without knowing that, you would think like, or maybe even with knowing that, you know, I would love to be, like I would trade places. Yeah. You know, without yeah. even knowing the money part of it anyways. And you wouldn't expect that. You would think it would be something more than that. And yeah, it's like I, I need to... You know, you got to look at things from all sides, you know, and and that was, was a tour, a touring band that you had looked up. Oh or no, found we're talking that? big. Okay, I, we're we're talking like, I I don't know, I can't. Well, think the reason of it. I asked, by the end of the show, the reason <laughs> I ask, I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing a while back, probably scrolling through Instagram or yeah, I think it was Instagram. Um, I had went to an August Burns Red show, and that's a not my favorite band by any means, but a band I've always admired just because of the business side and i mean the way yeah, they success blew up. level yeah Respect. the success like level been and for a while and yeah yeah been and, big for a long time and maybe this guy maybe he just grew up doing this and it's in his blood and that's what he loves but the drummer for abr who's a badass he farms on this on the side like he's a big time farmer and i'm like this dude's in august burns red he's the fucking drummer of august burns red and here he is of course, I don't know, but... I'm going to counter that a little bit. That's probably just a passion. And it could be. It could be. You know be. Jordy yeah. Nelson? Played wide receiver for yeah. the Packers, you know, yeah. multiple-time Pro Bowler, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Was farming. Still yeah. farming. Like, okay. he was and farming during his NFL career. Motherfucker's a multimillionaire was still farming. So yeah. it could have just been... That was a passion. Could have right. just been a passion. <laughs> yeah. And, and As I an agriculture guy, it's kind of a passion. Uh, yeah, so. and I don't want to <laughs> degrade or... or sound like i'm demeaning farming for no 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 no. i don't think that's what you but i was i was shocked i'm like this dude's a fucking drummer for august burns red he's out here farming when he's not recording or touring i'm like what the hell well yeah well that's also kind of a interesting flip too because all of us we've got day jobs and music is our outlet it's our passion yeah so it's like oh this person whose job is music his passion and outlet is somewhere else yeah exactly right yep yeah, and that's an interesting topic because it's like, boy, do I ever want to get to the point where this music isn't my passion anymore and it's a job? That's an that's a very interesting topic for mm-hmm. me. Because, I could probably speak a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, just because about coming up on a year ago, I quit my corporate job to pursue what my passion is: photography. Yes, Love and it. we do want to touch on that tonight so, too. So it's kind of one of those things. It's like. Uh, my you, I would absolutely advocate if you've put in the time and the effort to like build something up that you're passionate about, and it has the opportunity to become, even if it's not full time, but some type of revenue stream for you. Go ahead and do it because why the hell not? Uh, That's why we're sitting here right now. But yeah, yeah, no, it is interesting though because like even if that is your passion, well. I'd, think people kind of fail to realize is you still need some type of outlet for whatever is your day-to-day pattern whether that's just like a nine to five the monotony yeah yeah Yeah. everything becomes monotonous everything becomes a pattern and i've even noticed that with a lot of my photography um the stuff it's not that i didn't love photography as much as i ever did but I started as I became more proficient at certain types of photography that I was finding myself doing a lot. 
it became kind of more formulaic. It's like, okay, I know this scenario. Yeah. I know the formula for this. Here's my settings. Here we go. I like that. And then it's like, okay, but I also have my other outlet, which is music, mm-hmm. Sour Blood. I get to play heavy music with my best friends. Yeah. yeah. And that's just kind of my creative escape. Now, on the flip side of that, the reason I would just, even though it's going to become monotonous, pursue what you're passionate about. Because my worst day taking photos for a living is so much better than my best day being stuck in an office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no comparison. Yeah. Yep. And and I, I, I want to flip that to Jay because I, teaching especially is what I believe should be one of the most sacred professions in this country. It's fucking needed. In today's world. It is needed. So I feel like, and especially in today's world, yep. I feel like your passion for that job has to be mm. incredibly high to be able to, to do that. Um, so I want to flip that to you and let you kind of run with, you know, music versus your job and kind of, you know, how you balance that and, and where you find, uh, whether it's the breaking of the monotony or what is the true passion, that kind of thing. Well, teaching definitely isn't for everyone. No, sir. I can you do have, have to patience. have I'm a crackhead. so much patience. Because you think about all of the things in certain scenarios that you would want to say. That you can't, like you can't, you can't, you have to handle things a certain way and you have to have a lot of patience because it just, it's tough, especially I, um, I'm an intervention specialist. So Mm. I teach kids that, um, are special needs. Now it's not, it's not a, it's not on the moderate to severe sort of spectrum it's just on a mild moderate scale so we're talking kids with adhd so do you mean like an ie what we used to call an iep yeah i write them okay yeah 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 i write them and i uh work with kids to on you know i I create goals and objectives and work with them to try and reach those goals and i mean i teach the the curriculum the math you know and try to try to come up with um basically i just on all the things i have to cover i just try to figure out what is the easiest and most efficient way to solve these or to do these and then that's how i present it but i also give multiple ways because not everyone learns the same way sure so there isn't just one way to find the answer so i i present multiple ways like multiple paths basically to get there and whichever one sort of clicks with you and you know, you're able to, to grasp it easier then you just run with that. That's what you do. So I don't, I don't make everyone do it a certain way. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. long division, remember old school, like oh, yeah. you got the little, you know, whatever you call it, the little house there or was, whatever. Yes. And then yep. you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, yeah, that isn't, that isn't yeah. the only yeah. way to do division. And long I had one of my eight girlfriends do it for me. I like, didn't have a girlfriend until I was 22. <laughs> Continue. But, I mean, it's the way that I learned. But it, just because it was the way that I learned doesn't mean it's the way that everyone else should learn. So I do show that, but there's also multiple ways of doing it. But anyways, teaching, um, you have to have a passion for that because it's not like the pay is super high. 
One thing that's great is the schedule. Yeah. I love okay. I love the schedule. See, I've heard a lot of teachers say the opposite, so this intrigues me a little bit. Go ahead. And the reason why I like the schedule is because first of all, how many how many um Okay, well let's put it this way. What's today? Uh July nineteenth. J- Wednesday, Ju- July nineteenth. Yes, sir. I haven't worked since May nineteenth. I mean, that's true. I mean, that's pretty Summer's dope. Oh. dope. <laughs> and you can start a side business if you if need be. Like fuck that. He's taking months. vacation, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, don't, I don't blame you there, but if need be, like so. You know, summer break, and then you have Thanksgiving break, and then mm-hmm. you have Christmas break, mm-hmm. and then you have Easter. And then you have spring break. Yeah. Then you're out for the summer again. It's like, okay, how many jobs can you have? Yeah. Where you only work a portion of the year. I mean, it unlo- is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Your your dead period. You know what I do? What I'm doing every day right now when it's 90 degrees? I'm walking cornfields. I'm looking at corn. It's really hot when you're in 10 foot tall corn and it's 95 degrees and there's zero air moving in there. I'll yeah. trade you. I'll, tra- hey. <laughs> I'll trade you. Well, and uh, unlike the, the- I'm, and I should say I'm not bitching at all. I'm 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 compensated rather well to do what I do, but it gets fucking hot out there. Well, man. I'll tell you, I, I can Super relate. Hot. I can relate to that in a sense because for the first um, handful of years that I taught, I actually didn't take the summers off. Okay. So I had a, a second job, okay. summer job. Uh, I worked I worked like eight summers out of uh, the Ohio Department of Transportation. So I worked at ODOT. Yep. Then I worked like six summers at the Fayette County Engineer's Office, Steve Luby. Yep. So I ran a crack ceiling crew. So I spent my summers, like the first at least five summers that I taught, in jeans and boots, standing next to a, like a tar dog. kettle, Ooh, all that black tar. hooked to the truck, Ooh. and just laying it down, mm. and mm. no AC in the pickup. Like you know, I know what that's all about. I, and I, you know, I would still work, but when you have kids, and you think about, man, it's summer, and like at the time, I don't want to wake up at six a.m. Wake my child up at six a.m to take them to a babysitter five days a week yep. all summer when I don't have to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was just extra cash. I was just like, I like the job. I like the people I work with. It's mm-hmm. extra money. It's just a paycheck that I can just bank and not even have to spend mm-hmm. and just stack it. Yeah. But, you know, I was like, um, I'm going to start taking summers off. So. The priority yeah. switch up. Well, it, is, and it is wild when you have kids. That- unlike the last episode with, with Brad and Bloomy. When it comes to teaching and in, re- in regards to the schedule, it sounds like the math does math. They haven't heard that episode yet, but yes, math the, does you, math. The, you, the you, math you, you'll get it when you we may when, have seen when you the hear quick the little post on Facebook. The, 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 the Justin, the the Bloomy and Brad episode, we talked a lot about how certain things don't fucking add up, and the math ain't math. But yes, this appears yeah. that the math does math. The math does math. The yeah. math is math. So, one thing that I'm always curious about, getting back to the music especially two guys like you that have been in the game for a long fucking time. And we asked Brad and Justin the same thing. You know, coming up as a youngster, what what were those early... This inf- is always important. I yeah, this is, a super, this is a super cool conversation. Because we know how much it means to each of us, and I always love hearing other people's We have talked. You journeys, guys have listened yeah. to the show. We've talked about influences and how they change over time and, you know, where we, where we got started. You know, Preston and I were self-taught, you know, never had any guitar lessons. It's all self-taught. 
and we had certain influences that led us to do certain things with with the guitar. And I'm always curious with our guests, you know, where where was that first moment where you're like, I'm in love with this this band or this this musician speaks to me. This is what I want to do, and who was it and why? All right, Jay, you want to start off? If you want me to, go ahead. <laughs> and you can mention many. It doesn't. Yeah, have to it be yeah, one. don't have to be just one. I'm just, I'm just curious of I'm your always, own your own musical journey throughout long, the years. So. That's fine. We got all night, brother. <laughs> oh, let's here. go. All He's right, readjusting. This is gonna be intense. Um, so at my earliest age, at my earliest age, the first uh, artist that I was just blown away by, actually, uh, was please don't my, say Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> Oh, no, bro, we're going back, bro. I'm talking okay, about okay. my earliest days okay. as a kid. And I'm you're ta- how old? I'm sorry. I'm 39. 30. What? Right? Holy 39? shit. 39? You got He's good older jeans, older than dude. Brad. You got good jeans, dude. <laughs> you got good jeans, bro. Jesus. How <laughs> are you, Steve? Continue. I'm not 39. <laughs> 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 sorry, Jay. Continue, ahead, man. It's all right. He sets the bar pretty high. That's what I'm aiming for when I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we're talking back in the 80s. Yes. Uh, I don't Michael know Jackson. Fuck Michael yes, Jackson. dude. Well, yeah. The Let's king. go. Okay. Yes, the greatest okay. entertainer to ever take a breath. Ever. So, so when I go as far back in my memory as like music, my very like first thing that I remember about music, it it was it's Michael Jackson. That's awesome. Um, but as I as I got older, and you know what? Come to think of it, when you listen to some of his songs, there are quite a few songs that have nasty guitar in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that dude shit. had Eddie Van Halen on a song. I mean, and, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever watched any videos or anything of his live performances, but he his guitar player was a chick, man, and she would just get yep. up there and shred. shred. I believe she had like white hair. Yes, big white hair. Big white hair. Looked like Lita Ford up yeah, there. Yeah. Just, <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So then, get a little bit older, and as it comes to metal, obviously Metallica, okay, Black, the song, okay, the song Iron Man. We can relate. The song Iron Man. Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Um, I was shown ACDC, but I never, I never got, I mean, there's a couple songs that I liked, but Metallica... But really what was changing to me was Pantera, the first time I heard Pantera. Yeah, dude. You know what's weird is, because you were into Pantera, for some reason, and I feel fucking stupid, and I, I don't mean to steal you your fire You were into Guns N' Roses when I was into Pantera. Yeah, for some, and I'm, in, <laughs> I'm into some of the heaviest shit possible nowadays, but I, I don't know why, but I never got into Pantera. So, the things that I heard, like the music that I, that I was having access to, because you got to remember, there's no internet. No. Nope. Yeah, there's none of this stuff. Okay, so the things that I that that I'm listening to or hearing is actually coming from a neighbor down the street. And I know that my brother talked about him about how we would go down and watch them practice. Yep. Yes, yeah, did. Watch them practice in their living room. They were a cover band. They would play like Bush songs. They would play Fuck Marilyn Manson songs. Um, just all kinds of stuff. And so yeah, the the Motley Crue Doctor Feelgood album. Mm-hmm. They they showed that to me. They showed me ACDC Back in Black, but it's when he showed me Pantera, a vulgar display of power. Um, that was a great album. It's an incredible record, dude. Which uh, 
let me just since since that came up, oh, I'll brother, just, I'm just going to go ahead and it. say it because this is a hot take. This is a hot take. Okay, a hot take. This is hot a hot take. take. Pay attention, Preston. Vulgar display of power is not Pantera's best album. I don't think it is either. I, Damn, we're dropping hot takes. Hot take. But I'm curious of which one you think it is. Is it the uh, something down south? Uh, the Great it's Southern Trinkill. Huh? The Great Southern Trinkill. That's it. Yes. Is that it? That you think is the best? Or do you think it's Cowboys from Hell? Or? It's, it's not Cowboys from Hell. Nope. And it's not Vulgar. Although that's what changed my life. Like Vulgar Display of Power. There were three yeah. songs on there. And um, one of, This Love was the one that really... Uh, I, I had my dad... I talked my dad into... Um, burning me like a copy of it, but like this is back in the day, so we're not like burning. We're not talking about burning CDs. We're talking about dubbing cassettes. Yes. All right. So we're it's we're, like, all, we're, a little, we're not as you know what I mean. Yeah, we're old, you can like you know. you know you gotta stick it in there and you gotta. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah you had to go through. You had to rewind that shit when you were done. Like you can't. You're not just skipping. Bro, it's just like an songs. old VHS tape. You remember when you go to pull a VHS tape out? And you're like, fuck! I forgot to record or rewind the Lion King. God damn it! <laughs> yeah. Same thing with a cassette tape. Yeah, <laughs> you were not being kind. You did no. not rewind. Um, so that's what changed me for Thanks, for sir. heavy. You know, got me into heavy music and and stuff. But when I started playing guitar. I would have to say that my biggest influence was probably was probably probably Kurt Cobain. Really? And the reason Let's why go. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you could say Dimebag. You know, like Dimebag well, had that's influence. Here and here. You They're... could say uh, James or not not James Hetfield, but uh, Kirk. 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 Like I was always Kurt guy. Like that was my dude. We actually uh, have this this VHS tape. We shot a music video in my dad's garage. None of us could play any instruments. Okay, none of us could play any instruments. Uh, he had speakers in the garage, so like basically we could turn a song on in the living room, and it's gonna blast out into the garage. And we had um, like plastic guitars. Hell yeah, That's metal and as fuck. Our drummer mm-hmm. didn't even have drums. He just stood on this like stool and just like Slipknot, just trash just can. did this in the air. <laughs> but like, uh, I was Kurt and Brad was actually uh, James. So he was like, like lip syncing all the words, and he's acting like he's playing guitar, and we're just like little kids. Did he downpick the whole thing? Little kids. Like do the solo and everything, but. But yeah, probably Kurt Cobain because when I was actually playing in a band, uh, we were a Nirvana cover band. Okay. Okay, so that's where it started. It it was a long time of playing music before I ever wrote anything that was my own. Like same. a long time. Same. Me too, man. He's I different, never, but I'm the same way. Years. So we're playing songs like, uh, well, just pretty much the entire Nirvana catalog because we were a three-piece. It was easy to pull it off. You know, Brad on drums, I played guitar, and and Justin Hagler was our neighbor, our friend. He played bass. Uh, we played some Bush songs, some Blur song two. You remember that song? Yep. Um, yeah, that was a big influence for me. Wow. And maybe, maybe it wasn't ours just because, like, that time frame had passed. Keep knocking your microphone. Well, and it's funny, you know, he talked about Pantera, and 
you know, we were just gigantic Metallica fans, right? That was it. It was Metallica. That's all, that's all it was. When we're when yeah. we're starting to get into guitar, and you talked about the song "This Love" from Pantera that, I, that you said kind of hooked you on them. Well, mine was "Domination." Oh yeah. And because, well, that song is super thrashy, right? So I was a big Megadeth, Metallica, Anthrax. Like I was big thrash metal guy and then i heard domination from pantera and i was like oh this is fucking gnarly and then i started diving into it more and then i heard like cemetery gates and all that shit and i'm like well this isn't thrashy but this goes fucking hard and i just got super hooked on them so it's funny that you mentioned that and it's it all goes back to you know how the the influences change and you start to evolve musically and i mean you're talking about going from metallica to nirvana that's here and here man i mean opposite ends yeah yeah. And not, you know, difference in talent or anything. It's just completely different styles of music and how you start to grow and, and find different <clears throat> things that you like um, as you get older and start to play music and things like that. So that's right. super cool. I didn't know you were in a Nirvana cover band. Brad might have mentioned that, but I I probably forgot it. Yeah, I'm, we would play um, little, <laughs> you know, little, little parties. and Hell Right. Yeah. Um, Denny's? What the fuck's up, Denny's? <laughs> no, Denny's wasn't available to us. Circle <laughs> So what do you what do you say to people that talk shit about Kurt Cobain? Because we have <laughs> who talks shit about Kurt Cobain? I think these guys have. hate him. I, mean, I don't hate him. So no. I, I, I called him a three. I don't hate anybody. I called him I'll, a three chord hero. Here's here's the thing, and I'll say this about anybody who achieves any type of success in what they do. Uh, there's always going to be people who dog on them. Nirvana is not my favorite band. Sure. Not by a long stretch, but Kurt Cobain, while he was with us, was able to make a living out of what he loved to do. Yep. And I mean, he was a mess. He was I mean, a he mess. Was a mess. <laughs> Listen, other issues aside, in this area, he was able to be very successful yes and whether you like the music or not listen man he went out he created he did something and people loved it well yeah. you talk it was either you or, or jay had i believe it was you steve and it means a lot to us we talk about well you did you worded it best but our creative escape yeah and that was i would assume that was kurtz you know with everything else when that I, he was dealing when with. when i think of grunge right and i think kurt cobain was grunge music yeah um, for sure. he was the entire genre and i've tyler argued with disagree. these guys tyler would, disagree. tyler would disagree tyler would disagree because i called allison chains not grunge well um i, I thought they were more metal than they were grunge i would say yeah well in certain songs i would absolutely agree with that yeah. but as far as being kurt cobain and just nirvana in general being like the defining band whether you agree they were all of grunge or not they were definitely the brightest shining light out of that genre they're and the ones of, yeah. who kind of attracted everybody else to that and kind of shown a spotlight on all the other bands that were kind We've of in that band as well. We've talked about gateway yeah. bands, right? And I feel like Nirvana was the perfect gateway band in the 90s oh, to yeah. bring pop and punk and all of this together Angst. Well, under that, one umbrella. And then like you're coming out of the 80s into the early 90s where this younger generation whose, you know, older siblings or maybe even parents were jamming like 
hair Cinderella metal and, you know. and like all those really popular 80s bands were like I just want something else Different. yes we and want then, a music as as right. a new generation we always want something to ourselves right and then here comes Nirvana yep and it's not fast it's not complicated yep. it's Slugy. not polished but it's just no, it's, down and dirty it's slow it's sludgy and it's pissed off it's I'm pissed, pissed off, off and, and, yeah. and it's like ex- yeah. the furthest thing from what your yeah. older brothers it's not and sisters sex, drugs, and rock are roll. listening to it's, and it's yeah. just like this is it well right? and, and really quick Tyler I know you're about to say He's, something he, I Tyler's, believe we, I, I apologize because I know we cut here. you off I got, I got, me and Tyler I got don't the, do the greatest job of keeping that in mind but I relate to that now that I think about it because Derek Muncy, shout out Derek once again, talks Our about, lawyer. and I'm going to do, <laughs> I'm going to do a bad job of explaining and putting into words what he said. But he talked about metal music, and I know, I know Nirvana wasn't metal. Whatever is your Sunday, what was it Sunday morning? Yeah. Not your Saturday night kind of yeah. music, and maybe that's why the masses related to. Nir- bands like Nirvana and Nirvana themselves so much compared to the hair metal, the party metal, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it at the time. And they wanted something different that they could escape to. Yeah. Just something like you said, like they could just call their own. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You own it. That's, I, I think that is the biggest driving force in new music being created is because these, every, every new generation, there is people that want to create something that they can call their own. Because if not, then we would have been listening to the same music for the last 150 years. Right. There's, and music constantly evolves. And it's interesting, too, because like every genre, no matter what you listen to, there's going to be those benchmark artists, those benchmark bands along the way that kind of signal the changing. And I believe Nirvana is 100%. I agree, could not I agree, agree more. Yeah. Tyler? Love or hate them, they are that Love band. or hate them, whether they were the only grunge band or not, like they were the band that signaled that change. Yes. Tyler. Tyler. I apologize. He's about to go so, Super Saiyan over there. I swear that Nirvana was not grunge. The only thing that was really similar about them and the other grunge bands is that they weren't polished. Uh, the other grunge bands weren't super polished in comparison to some of those like hair bands from the 80s and whatnot. They were really like pop punk is what they was. They was. They, they was. That's what they was. <laughs> what they was. And, uh, is that hey, man. Central That's Ohio. That's a fan coming out of you, boy. But I, I think the reason a lot of people clump them in with that grunge uh, genres because I mean it was the Seattle scene it was the Seattle sound kind of thing and they were they were the band that kind of punched through the ceiling for the entire Seattle scene and kind of brought all, every uh, everyone else up with them but through that they did kind of overshadow some of these grunge bands and people just kind of clumped them in with that that whole group yeah it's I don't know if that's <clears throat> completely their fault though it's not it's not it's just like they were the band that people kind of attached themselves to right and the spotlight was shown on and you know if the spotlight shown on one band obviously that's going to cast a shadow on everybody on else. everybody else correct but and this is like i can't really hate them for the success and again not the biggest nirvana fan like i i respect them i do like the music mm-hmm. i think kurt cobain it was a tragedy that we didn't get to keep him around for yeah. you know I would say as long the same as we thing did about lane staley 
Yeah, but you also bring up another point, like how you say, they're, you know, maybe they're not grunge, but they kind of get lumped in with that. How many times do you guys talk to a band and you ask them, how would you, what kind what of style genre of, would you put yeah, yourself in? They don't know how to answer. <laughs> That's us. That's that has screaming we evidence. Yeah. Like, we don't assign the genre to ourselves. Yeah. Uh, we find what we like in our influences. We start playing the stuff because it sounds good to us. Yeah. But what bands are metal and what bands are grunge and what bands are punk, that's for other people to decide retroactively. Do you want to know what already... I consider sour blood? What? Metalcore. Metalcore? I mean, me too. Metalcore. I mean, uh, straight metal, up, bro. Straight just up. Metal. It's just metal. We metal. say we don't like talking about genres, but every episode we do. I love talking about genres. Man. Genres are I fun. I, genres are fun. Norma Jean actually has a very good um, kind of approach to this and kind of philosophy. Love Norma Jean. Yeah, we, no. we, we talk was, about them a lot on this show. I was watching one of their documentaries that they put out while they were making one of their albums, and the singer said, something along these lines i'm probably probably going to butcher it but he's like we just love playing heavy music so when we get together and we write we're not just trying to write a metalcore song we're not trying to write you mm -hmm. know a a hardcore record, hardcore yeah. or whatever genre or subgenre you want to classify they just want to get together and write heavy something music feels good. and you feel that yeah. and heavy is and a it's feeling. so yep. dude, norma jean is one of these bands that has been around forever mm -hmm. and is with every single album that they put out getting better and better. Yeah. Absolutely. I was jamming the, the anti-mother yesterday on the way to work and I could have just kicked a fucking door in, dude. I was right. ready to go. Yeah, but then you yeah. go listen to Death Rattle and you're like, oof. They're getting. They've gotten so much better since and the experiment revolt. I, I believe the experiment revolt. Oh, yeah, that dude. end of that Ooh. song where it's just it's just one note, just yep. all hail. Yep. Like, oh all my hail. god, that's all hail, right? That's, that's yeah, my you're struggling. Over all there. hail is my favorite Norma like Jean record. Trace. I mean, <laughs> all hail is a no skip record for me. That that. Oh man. Yeah, and and before we delve into Steve, your own musical journey, because I, I am anxious to, say, to hear I'm, that we've. We ride the waves here on we this do. show. Listeners, you guys, go, man. We're just having a conversation. Know, we ride the wave and we, we riff it, bro. Yeah, this, this is what we, we love. We used to do a show sheet. We don't do that anymore. But, no. Jay, do you have anything else to add on your own musical journey? Because I feel like we may have stopped you maybe in the middle a little bit. Which is okay um, because yeah. we rode with it. But. Yeah, so um, being in the, the Nirvana cover band and just going up through middle like the middle school days uh, a life-changing event for me as far as music goes was the eighth grade talent show okay. at our school i'm juiced to hear about this bro i <laughs> oh, love talent man. show this stories this sounds metal as fuck so i went to uh, the washington courthouse schools the school district that's unfortunate so Continue. at the middle school <laughs> yeah, i started at trace and then yeah moved into courthouse so it's time for the, the talent show, and some of my friends, we sign up. Now, a lot of the stuff that I've done musically, uh, my brother is younger than I am, but he so he's like two and a half years younger than me, but like grade-wise, you know, when I was a senior, he was a freshman. So when I'm in middle school doing like, you know, the talent show, He's not in middle school at that time to like do the talent show with me. Yeah. So I'm I'm finding people my age. I'm playing, you know, finding friends. 
the auditorium at the middle school was being re, like remodeled. Something was wrong with it. So we there had was always something wrong with it. So we had to perform <laughs> over at the church. I believe it's Grace Community. Is that uh-huh. the one that's right back like right there. across the street from it? Or yeah, is Grace that Community's back behind? Uh, I don't go to church, so like, there's some like there's forty of them. Some but. station, gotcha. So that's where the the talent show was. Yes. Well, he's telling this story. Feel so, free, feel free to step out if you need to. So it was the the first time that I'd been on stage in front of that many people. It wasn't the first live performance I've had, but when you're talking about playing in front of ten people, maybe mm-hmm. you know, to playing in front of like four or five hundred people, yeah. yeah. That's and, a big difference. And to get up there, we played the song Damn It from Blink-182. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, because I have to say I think that that's damn after the Nirvana cover band, uh, I've played in... So I've played in a band that covered stuff like When Corn and Limp Biscuit. We're first love so, it. some new metal. Okay, I've been I've played drums in a few bands. I've I played drums in a punk band. Love it, like a pop punk band. But you use the fuck out of that snare. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I played drums in a Christian rock band. We Sweet. played a lot of churches. Um. So anyways, yeah, so I've played a lot of, it's not just like metal, you know what I mean? It was yeah. it was Nirvana covers, and it's like new metal, it's like punk. Like I used to be in a band, uh, a pop punk band, but like I also used to play guitar in a band where we played like old school punk, like Minor Threat, The Queers, uh, Rancid, like... Sex Pistols. Nah, not Sex Pistols, but... <laughs> it's you like get, the only old punk band I can think super of. super fast and just yeah. anarchy and whatever. The Ramones... Um, so at this talent show, we played. So we played "Damn It" from Blink One Eighty Two. We played "Song Two from Blur, and we played an original song. And so we played those three songs, and everybody was going nuts. Like it was just, it was a life changing. Like that was the I can like pinpoint that exact moment of. This is what I want to do. Like I, I need to figure out a way to recapture these feelings that I'm experiencing right now Mm -hmm. because to see like four or 500 people like up on their feet and like, uh, you know, you know, Cameron Quigley, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So so he's a good friend of mine. We graduated together, but he shout out Cam. He was the MC of the talent show. Yep. He's introducing the acts. He's like in a suit and all this shit. (laughs) And so during like, uh, the like the last song we had, like the lights, and the you know the lights are going crazy or whatever. It's sort of like a, a a moment. He runs down, like rushes the stage, gets up on stage and starts like running and sort of like not really like mosh. He was doing the Angus Young. He's just acting, acting <laughs> fool. Yeah, you know, and it's just I don't know. It was it was a great time. Or the Bruce Dickinson where he just goes all <coughs> over the fucking place. I'm still I'm, I'm impressed that you so, remember who Bruce Dickinson is. So, oh yeah, so I'm like, got some shit. I need to God, uh, with him. I need to like do Recapture this a lot this. more. Yeah, do this a lot more. 
So. I'm going to dedicate my life to this. <laughs> this is my whole personality now. This is the calling. <laughs> yeah, yeah when exactly. I got, when I got into high school is when, when I got into Once Pure and the Battle of the Bands that they would have uh, at the like the Kiwanis Teen Talent Show and the Battle of the Bands back then, everybody was in a band. And it's not like it is now, I, I feel like. So we could sh- set up like weekend like little parties or whatever and just everyone was in a band like i could get four or five local courthouse bands to like play that's fucking awesome and so when you have a battle of the bands where people are competing to win money there's a lot of people playing like they yeah. they want to get in and and do it after so my first year doing it we won first place and the years after that won as well but Afterwards, like my brother was able to do it like two years, but like it got to the point where they just it dissolved because there was not enough kids playing music. Ugh. There was not enough bands to justify having a battle of the bands because how are you gonna yeah. how are you gonna have two bands get up there if that and like compete against each other? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thunderdome. Only one of those bands is leaving. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's like Make the Blood Dome on Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's we've talked about like the warehouse, right? So like back in the day, like the that's warehouse. huh? I remember the warehouse. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like back in the day, and now it's like a fucking Dish Network office. Yeah. Uh, this fire's embrace. One of my favorite shows we ever played was at the warehouse. No shit. Yeah. Um, we were there with a few other bands, uh, the Beneath, and then there was like another band that was like a big Radio U type band, but they were heavier, kind of punkish, but uh, really good. I'm gonna kick myself in the butt for not being able to think of their name, but this motherfucker can't remember his his own name sometimes, so don't fine. worry about it. I choked no, today, almost died. That's so true. It's okay. Yeah, that was a great show. I remember it like it was yesterday, except for the name of that band. It and, was, uh, <laughs> it was such a cool scene, and I've talked about it on the show before. It's been a it's been a long time since we've talked about it, but it was so cool to have a place like that in Southern Ohio where us metalheads could go, and whether you were skating or you were just yeah. you were just listening to local bands jam and having a good time, and it was seen and it was cool, and everybody got along, and it was just a an awesome place. And now there's Man, there ain't nothing like that around here anymore, you know? And that's kind of sad because I feel like every town, uh, no matter how big or small it is, needs some of those places that are just kind of like sacred places. Yeah. Yeah. That are communal places for Mm. whatever you're into. Uh, Like skaters need the skate parks. Um, Thankfully, we still do have a skate park, but... Yeah. You know, we don't have the the warehouse anymore. But yeah, the warehouse. Or uh, when I was growing up in my hometown, like we had St. John's Church where just every single Saturday night there was going to be a show and everybody who was into like punk, metal, hardcore, whatever, just descended on St. John's and just was there. That was just... Descend upon it like Area 51. Exactly. (laughs) The Naruto run and everything. (laughs) Hey, I seen one of those today. Uh, I was in Middletown and I was was at a stoplight and this this dude... Is like Naruto running through traffic, and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> well, I don't know how to respond. He to disappeared. <laughs> I don't know what's scared. Naruto run or somebody well. that's like like powering up like Goku on DBZ. <laughs> no, he's just, just some, like standing there yelling like listen, he thinks he's gonna like. 
If I see someone just standing on a corner, just screaming in like a power horse stance, like I'm gonna just trust him and just believe that whatever he's doing is is accurate. accurate. Yeah, he's it's probably like, I'm just a stay super out of Saiyan. His way. Yeah, he's Can probably a super Saiyan. Can we yeah. all agree that the Naruto run? I apologize if I pronounced it wrong. Naruto, yeah, Naruto, Naruto is metal as fuck. It is. Everybody, <laughs> everybody that did that was seen. <laughs> They were 100% senior, you're, bro. Wherever you're running, you're running there fast, and you're running there head first with without putting any plans. You don't give any a fuck plans. about nothing. No, there's no, no plans plan. to put your hands yeah, out those, in Your front arms of you. are back. There your is no back. protection, bro. You are dead ass going for whatever the fuck you're going for, and I am not going to your legs got to keep way. moving, otherwise you go fall forward. <laughs> Uh, just, you can't just stop on a dime. No, there's no stopping. No, no, no stopping. No, there's either a person or a wall that's going to stop you for sure. Like the people that go to Norma Jean concerts, I feel like that's how they run into that show. Oh <laughs> man, yeah, uh, for sure it was. You know, just inhabiting the outer rim of that Norma Jean show, yeah. enjoying the music. They can't stop running; they have to keep going. You know, when, just, when, when dude from Norma Jean says "circle pit," that's what it is. That's what's happening. Uh, and you're either into it and you're in the pit, or you're just standing off on the edge, just drunk as shit. Shows. People watching, yeah. like crazy, you don't even have man. to be drunk as shit. I'm just yeah. too old, and I've been too old for about twelve years now to get into a pit. Uh, pretty much ever since I started playing music consistently. Uh, was when I was like, I don't want to pit anymore. If I'm not playing music and I'm just watching a show, I just want to watch a show. That's me. We talked about that on an episode we just dropped is pit etiquette and, and how I've gotten to the point where I don't enjoy the pit anymore. And maybe it's my age. Maybe it's, I, you know, I don't oh, know. For me, it's 100% the age because the etiquette is still there. I see it every uh, show that I go to. And I even saw it, um, it was a couple weeks ago, I went to go see Between the Buried and Me up at the Newport. Fantastic, man, yes, sir. Amazing, mind-blowing show. The pit was gnarly. It was big. But people, like, I was standing up on the balcony, it was at the Newport, and I could see people, like, if someone went down, like, people stopped and Tyler, got them back up. Tyler, what we talk about, dude? Like, dude went down in the pit at the Counterpart show and, like, six people like ran in to pick yeah. them up it's like, you don't even you don't even have to stand up on your own you just do this and no they're going up. to right you will be on your feet faster surfing. than you went down like yeah it's but people take care of each other the pit <clears throat> etiquette still exists and i'm glad it does but i even like as a young person I, at 22 i was like no yeah <laughs> no more i think 25 yeah. was when i was finally like you know what i think i'm i'm past my prime on my pit days well since we since we brought it up the thing i brought up about the pits is i can't stand the people in there throwing elbows throwing punches karate kicking and shit crazy the slam dancing because yeah without back fist there the spinning back fist without because recognizing their surroundings right so if you want to fight like go get like if you want to fight i think it's just a level up that's that's another reason here's the thing here's the thing there are two different ways to pit, uh, as far as I'm aware of, as far as like just general ways Pitting, to pit. Yeah. There's the pit, which yep. is moshing, yep. and then there's slam dancing. And I've okay. seen both, and I've been to shows where one was more prevalent than the other yep. on both ends. Uh, the one that I'm thinking of that comes off right to mind, it was out in Newark, and this was, I can't even tell you how long ago this was. This was a while it was Haste of the Day, Across Five Aprils, and a couple other bands. And it was a slam dancing crowd. And I'll tell you what, those kids doing those karate moves, 
got synced up and they were doing all the same moves at the same time in a straight line cool and it was one of the coolest things i've ever seen it was like a dance and they were just putting on a show of their own and it was all synchronized but none of them never like met before the show you brought up the. it was cool you brought up the perfect point it's when the mosh pit whether it's the wall of death or you just gotta, the regular pit yeah. meets slam dancing. You got to know which pit you're in. Because we were at, you know, listen, I, I'm the guy, if if you are in the pit and whether you're moshing, your circle pit, your wall of death, your slam dancing, whatever, if somebody has their back to you and they're looking at the stage, don't shove them in the back. Right. Don't, that's like, he got shoved pretty hard one time in the back. And I'm like, dude, he is clearly just what he is not moving. He is on the edge of the pit watching the show and he got shoved in the back. And I'm like, right. bro, it was a younger guy. And I'm like, dude, you got to know if they're not looking at you, don't shove them. No, because you know where he, not. if he wasn't a big dude, he could have ended up on his face. And, sure. and unfortunately, like I just saw today where, um, Somebody got killed Animals in a pit. Animals as leaders. Uh, Animals guitar as leaders. Tech. Guitar tech just got killed in a pit. Yeah, seriously. At the, at the counterpart show that I mean the same show build that Billings, you and I just Montana. went to Billings, in Billings, Montana. Montana dude got yep. killed in a pit. Animals as leaders. The, guitar the, tech. That's what was insane. He, what was he doing in the pit? Uh, the I think Animals it was a different band. He was just band. there at the show. A different Animals band was leaders playing, wasn't so playing. he was just watching. Oh, the show. He was at the show. I got you. He got killed in a pit, dude. And and I don't know the circumstances. I'm not going to pretend to know, well, but I do know that he. I mean, it was it was put out on social media that he got killed in a pit. So here's here's the thing, because I've also seen pits go bad. Oh um, yeah, is that a show? Yeah, it's been a, not at one of our shows. Uh, all of our fans who come out and support us are phenomenal. Their etiquette you is amazing. You guys have amazing. fantastic fans. Mm-hmm. And we're grateful for them because I was at a show again a long, long time ago. Um, up at this club in, on like OSU campus and a friend of mine had come to the show and this was back in like, I want to say like 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's looked like he just stepped off at the time, like out of an Abercrombie and Fitch, uh, like catalog. Did right? he have the 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 three button polo? The... Three button polo, the shorts. <laughs> but this dude was cool as hell. I'd grown up. Bro, as... we all dress like that. It's all good. It's, right. It's... <laughs> Nowadays, it's whatever. Right. But back then, there was definitely like kind of a line. Like if you look like a poser, yeah. you're going to get treated. You're like going to get treated like a poser. There's yeah. a dress code here. Yeah, <laughs> there was, bro. But here's Straight my up. friend just at this show um, at this. I want to say I don't know. I honestly I remember where the club was, but I can't remember what the club name was. And if it is still there, I don't want to like sound like I'm shit talking that club. So I'll just move on. But, <laughs> you can tell there he's in a band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know, book us later. Uh, <laughs> but no, my, my friend, it's a heavier band that's playing. Uh, I've at this point had been into metal for many, many, many years. I've known this guy since kindergarten. There's like only a handful of people in my life nowadays. I can actually say that about, um, and we're it, the pit starts and he's not getting in it. He's just standing at the edge. All right. All of a sudden he goes down and we don't know what happened, but we go up and we get him and he's got a gash from like the back like right behind his forehead all the way down like to his eye. Holy shit. And what we, the doctor had said when we took him to the ER, it looked like someone just based on the severity of the wound, someone had 
taken a what looked like with brass knuckles. Wow. And came at a running start and clocked him. And we there was like videotapes from the thing and we actually found where uh he went down and it was a guy who had spotted him had no idea who this guy was just spotted Brandon who was my friend and did a couple laps and kind of kept his eye on him and then on one of his like wraparounds you didn't you could see him like messing around with something but he just comes around and just clocks him in the face holy shit you couldn't really it was old video this is like well that's felonious assault right but that's like kind of the thing like Dude, there's going to be... Because he was dressed the way he was? Is that what I'm, I'm, we're assuming because there was no other... It would other, make sense. There was no other reason why this guy would target him. Holy He'd never sh- met him before, never talked to him, never done anything. Wow. And just like, mm-hmm. just because he was decked out in Abercrombie gear, like, at first, he stood out. So just because like, he smelled good. You know right, he probably smelled good. <laughs> is he okay? I feel like yeah. I'm a fucking for, victim for, here. First off, I want to say, is he okay? Oh, like, he was okay. No so. long-lasting injuries? No long-lasting like injuries. Okay. Uh, I mean, oh, he's God. kind of, you know, not quite right to begin with. None of us are, bro. None of us Brandon, it's are. okay. I, but no, uh, like, I relate. I, yeah, for, so that just goes to show, like, what I love about the metal scene is that we all take care of each other. There's an etiquette there. We look out for each other. We, you know, help out when we're needed. Yeah. We're a family, right? Yeah. Uh, we talk about that all the brother, it's a brotherhood. Yeah, it really yep. is. It's a brotherhood. Uh, but just like anything else that you get into anywhere, there's, there's gonna be egg. assholes. Yep. There's gonna be assholes. And this dude happened to be an asshole who saw my friend decked out in uh, Abercrombie and was like this kid's a fucking poser. I'm going to hit him in the face with brass knuckles. Jesus Christ. Right. I mean, he could have killed him. He could have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, very easily could have killed him. Uh, and now, that's, that's terrifying. And it's terrifying because it's out there. And then animals as leaders, their guitar tech is just another example. I don't know what happened. I don't know. The, I don't either. I, this is the first time I'm even hearing it. About was today. It. it was yeah, today. We right? sent it, was, it today. It just happened. Yep. Okay, and so we're sitting here July tragic. 19th. It was either last night or the night before last. No matter, I, yeah, no matter what the scenario was, no matter what the situation was, it's a tragedy. And, <sighs> you know, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to Absolutely. that person's family. We said the same thing. Uh, to animals as leaders. Um, like, and you feel horrible for counterparts because, I mean, they put something on their Instagram today. They're like... Yeah, the band playing. Who... What the hell? You, you would know, feel guilty. You I would feel yeah. so guilty because it's your pit. You know it's what I mean? your it's, pit. And something like that happens. And it could, you know, I don't, from what I saw on social media, it doesn't seem like it was anything malicious. It seems like a freak accident. Freak accident. You know, we talked about in our group chat today, he could have just took a nasty spill and hit his head. And And it's just. Yeah. People are fragile. People are fragile. We are. are, Well, the last show we went to, or together, us three, we went to the Norman Jean show. I I was wanting to get in the pit. And if I'm not mistaken, I did very, very briefly. But the floor was soaked. It was with beer. It was soaked, and I'm like, I'm not <laughs> so getting in this and slipping and falling on my and head. And he backed out. I never went in it. Just again, I, my pitting days are over. But these two went in. Tyler was pretty good, but Preston slipped a couple times. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Nope, I ain't doing that. Oh yeah, dude. The king of clubs, like people are spilling drinks. Yeah. People are sweating. Yeah. It's oh like, yeah. There's oh, all yeah. sorts of. You know, it gets pretty gross. I was sweating that. from head banging, man. I was just losing my shit. It's, I'm like, yeah. Boundaries made me question my whole fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I know we've gone off on a huge tangent, but Steve, I, I yeah. 100% want to get your musical background and, and okay. kind of where Jay took us on that, that, that trip. I want to hear, you know, from, from where you started to where you're at now, what were your influences and kind of what made you fall in love with music and what made you fall in love with metal music oh, specifically? So music. I've always kind of been inclined. Like I was a big Michael Jackson fan too, Fuck growing yes, up. Dude, I love that. Right. And, and now I can't listen to him anymore and it's not for the reasons you think I'll get into that a little later <laughs> if you want. Uh, absolutely I want <laughs> we'll, get, we'll circle back around um, but yeah so honestly mm-hmm. like from my earliest uh, memories of loving music I've always been attracted to like the heavier type screamy type stuff and the first band and this was probably when I was like six or seven um, give us a year Right. Uh, this would have been. <laughs> I I always wanted to know that because I want to gauge where I was at at that point in time. I was. This would have been like ninety three, ninety four. We weren't here. I yet. wasn't here yet. So yeah, yeah. you were non-existent. Yeah. Ninety five was when I came about. So <laughs> yeah. ninety five. Ninety five. Uh, so. You can't choose when you're Holy born, bud. No, I, I, I was Bro, born you, in peak grunge. Jay, Jay Litter, well, even Steve, you look good, but thanks, man. You, you guys, guys look, you look like you right. look like you you're fucking three, four looking, years older than me. Bro. You guys oh, look two good looking dudes. I'm, uh, I mean, I'm no homo, but y'all, y'all, <laughs> y'all good looking dudes. So hold up. Is that bourbon talking? I'm out of here. I know exactly what this is. Jay said, listen, listen, listen. Because Steve's story is probably going to take a while <laughs> no but th- this was a perfect transition into this let's go just because this of based on good, what you said you're, you're better at transitions right. than we are <laughs> so we have so there's been a sour blood shirt design that has been in the works for a while and there is a not yet a, out there's a backstory to it but the thing about it is people that just come to a show and see the shirt and potentially buy the shirt they they will not know why they, they, they're probably going to look at the shirt and be like what the fuck just tell them to listen to this episode and they'll yeah, just okay. listen to this episode but there, there's a story behind it but nobody will get it we'll put it in the description unless you unless you hear the story so whenever we play shows we always record our shows we record okay. our shows and then we go back and we watch them and we critique, you know, we look at things that we did well, things that we that we didn't do well, you know, what we what can we improve on, things like that. So as we are we're hooking up and we're, we're out in the in the practice space and we're watching a you know, the previous show that that we're checking out. When the when the camera comes on, uh, you can hear people talking. Um, by by where the, the where the cameras, right? So you can hear people talking, like as we are getting ready to you know to go on, um, and then as well like you know during during the set. But anyways, so there were girls, and they were talking about me and Steve, Uh-oh. and <laughs> they were calling us snacks. They're like, damn, look at that. Like, that's a snack right there. That's like, a whole ass. Shit like that, right? Yeah. We had no idea, but like, we hook it up to watch it and we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so it's been this odd. So because 
you know, we overheard these people continuously refer to us as snacks. It's been this ongoing sort of joke um, about um, calling me and Steve the snack shack or saying like <laughs> snack 30. So then, is it snack 30? So then they've taken it a step farther and they're like, hey, we should we should design, we should get a Sour Blood shirt, the Sour Blood Snack Shack, oh, and make Jesus. it like a 50s diner, like old school. Where you know is what the I mean? shirt and how do I get one? It's yeah. coming. It's coming. And so are them girls, uh, apparently. Uh, no, but, but it's like, sauce. Stop it. First, it's snack like shack. a I mean, you know, just whatever, but I'm like, are you, wait, are we serious? Like, we're doing that? Oh, you gotta do oh, it. We're Dude, that's a hell Dude, of an idea. the back of our shirts for the pod say that's metal as fuck, and like, out of nowhere, we were like, wow, two, two or three episodes deep we're like wow we've said that's metal as fuck a couple times we're like that's we gotta put that line. on the shirt that's, that's our, our tagline but we're like go. we that's can't put line. ass fuck so let's just put af so people can still still wear the shirt in public oh dude uh i had an idea for a hat that i wanted to make uh i don't i don't think i've even told you guys this i wanted to have it say make america metal again Sweet. And then start a group called Mama's Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's so perfect. Why the fuck didn't we think of that? Well, now it's on tape. It's me. It's my Steve. idea. Uh, you trademarked it. Steve, you are you married? Motherfucker. <laughs> no, I'm not married. Are you swimming in pussy? No. <laughs> I am not. I see a ring on Jay's finger, so there's a reason I asked you this question. <laughs> no. Uh, Is your listen, snack getting around? <laughs> I'm not doing bad for my Myself, but listen guys I'm uh <laughs> hey, listen guys listen I'm, I'm a busy photographer I play in a band it's I just don't have that. time <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, have you made it to being an appetizer yet <laughs> I prefer the snack life uh, <laughs> no, oh, fuck, uh, I'm doing about as well as any mid 30 year old who's still playing metal music <laughs> locally can be <laughs> bro under so, guitarist just turned 40 i'm sure he is getting hell so i hell. want you to just listen to what you just said and just compare under oath to sour blood <laughs> under oath <laughs> to sour blood. Yeah, but apparently you're the snack pack bro Come on. i never heard them calling dude sour packs or uh, calling it sour pack <laughs> I'm done with the There's bourbon. I've never heard anybody calling dude from under oath a snack. Just you, my uh, guy. I'm just listen, saying. I've, uh, I've had, uh, um, I've shared a meal with Aaron Gillespie. And okay. he's an attractive man. I know that. Listen, name. I'm Who comfortable enough with my drummer, sec- the long for... red hair drummer for Under Oath. Oh, listen, shit. I am comfortable enough with my sexuality to say when I think a dude's good looking. Like, yeah, well, here's, this is like, the thing, because I, I mentioned at the beginning of this, I'm terrible with names. Um, apparently, I'm just terrible in general. <laughs> I was having breakfast. Um, it was uh, way back in the day when I was playing with This Fire's Embrace. We were uh, playing Ichthus Festival down in Kentucky. I've heard of that. Great show. Great festival. I don't know if it's still going on or not, um, but sitting there at the um, you know the food tent, I'm eating a meal, having this great conversation with this gentleman, 
And uh, yeah, he gets up after we finish. He's like, hey, my name's Aaron. It's like, hey, Steve. And then it dawned on me. He's like, I've just been talking, oh, just shooting the drummer the from Under Oath. with the drummer from Under Oath. And I had no idea. I'm the biggest idiot in the fucking world. But you world. probably had the best conversation because you didn't know he was yeah. the drummer from Under Oath. Yeah, he's just, you know, shooting the shit. Because he's just, just a regular stuff. guy. He's just a regular That's guy. That's what we say. We, we say that so often about, about metal and metal musicians is that, like, I had a conversation with Chris from like Moths to Flames, their front man. Yeah. And I, I, it was funny because I was wearing our pod shirt and the first thing he said when I walked up to him was like, I saw that logo on Twitter today. <laughs> and I was like, Sweet. From Columbus. Try not, yeah, 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 absolutely. But I mean, yeah. you know, you talk about a national band, they're huge. Yeah. Well, dude. And, and it was just so cool. I was like, you're just a regular fucking dude. The same thing with, so I've met Levi Benton from Miss May I, mm-hmm. who again is from Maha Troy. Great yeah, dude. We, we actually, um, well, so this wasn't Sour Blood Days. This was when I was in Once Pure. Once Pure. We played uh, the Newport with Miss May I. Mm-hmm. Sweet. And it was it, when they, so they only had the first album, Apologies for the Week. Yep. Which was straight up Braden Deathcore, Henry bro. got them. And that album. Got me into that's, them. That, I mean, Deathcore. Shout out Braden I Henry. Him. I don't know. Bro, that was Deathcore. That's my favorite. That's my favorite oh, album sweet. But um, at the time, they had this was like the first show of their tour so as i'm as i met them and we're we're backstage and stuff you know they're just getting like they just got signed basically right Mm -hmm. like it's Mm -hmm. like and they're talking to me about because uh how they were about to do their first tour and you know all this stuff and it's just crazy to um well, I mean, you see where they are now. They're yeah. still around. You I mean, know? fuck, so they're they... signed to Sharp Turn Records. Well, Jesus. they just dropped that new record last year. Yeah. I mean, they're touring right now. And yeah. I just, when it comes to those guys, their first two albums, I thought, like, they had me. And then the third one, I think it was the third one, mm-hmm. was, I just started to sort of veer away. But yeah, Shadows Inside that came out in 2017. We were something, they came back. Something came back. They I, came back. It might have been Shadows Inside Shadows because Inside me and him lost just, our shit oh. for six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went and saw. Yeah. So I went and saw ABR, August Burns Red, Miss May I, Fit for a King, and Crystal Lake at the Ooh. Newport. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, and I had VIP. I had backstage stuff. So Crystal met, Lake was in town. Yeah, dog. God damn. So I, after when we get done recording, I can show you the pictures and the videos. But anyway, <laughs> yes, please. So oh, dude, it was nuts. So and like all the vocalists came out and did songs together. Like all four vocalists would come out and do songs together with each different band. So like Levi Benton was on the shoulders of the bass player from ABR, like doing an ABR song. Frontman from Crystal Lake uh, came out and did uh, Stacking Bodies with because Levi oh, Benton is on is Stacking dirty. Bodies from Fit for a King. Mm-hmm. So the front man from Crystal Lake came out, which he's no longer with the band. They have a new guy now. But that dude, Levi Benton and dude from Fit for a King, all did Stacking Bodies together. And I was mm-hmm. like, is this my life right now? Like, am I really living this? And then I got to meet all those guys after the show. And it goes back to the, they're all just regular dudes. They're all just super cool ass down to earth. Yeah. They don't think that they're fucking larger than life, bigger than, you know, whoever. They're not Ronnie Radke. Right. You they're, know what I mean? They're 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 us. They're us. We got the opportunities that they had right yeah, yeah. Um, i don't know i think i'm pretty amazing i think you're pretty amazing too thanks you, you are have fan- a red you are beard. fantastic i'll give you credit there you are right? fantastic you i just are shaved my beard i can't grow a red a beard ago. i can't you got some all. you got some five o'clock shadow going did you just shave before you came to I the did. show or, yeah. uh i can grow a full beard and like 
a matter of a couple weeks. That's impressive. I choked <laughs> but, today, how, almost uh, died, and I still don't. How does that make you feel, high. Preston? Yeah, Preston can't grow facial hair. So. When I'm 50, I'll look 26 and a half, so I'm cool. That's dude. true. You'll <laughs> look like these guys when you're young. There you go. If so, you look like us when you're 50, then you're doing way better. You're doing than way me. better than us. Let's <laughs> uh, go slow down. On there's only one time that I can ever remember where I was actually like legitimately like kind of starstruck. Starstruck. Um, it was again back in the the uh, TFE days. We were opening up for Brian Head Welsh. His, oh shit! His band, his side project, Love and Death. So that's Corn, uh, right? Yeah, from Brian Korn, Head Welsh right? was yeah. the guitar player from Corn. Yeah. A guy that I had grown up listening to, and we'll get to that. I was when gonna I get say to I want to get back to your your influences, yeah. But literally, one of my idols—not necessarily as a bass player, obviously he played guitar, but just as a musician, Fieldy, was, bro. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Uh, but we're playing a show with his band, Love and Death, out in Bluefield, West Virginia, and we're one of three bands, including him. So it's not like there's going to be a small. It's not like it's a not small a huge crowd. bill. Yeah. It's not a huge bill, one stage, and massive crowd uh, when we played. Biggest okay. crowd I've played in front of to this day, and it was 7,500 people. Jesus That's a big-ass fucking crowd. It was a big-ass crowd. crowd. And they're here to see one of the legends, and it's like the pressure for that was just like astronomical. Cool. But we're sound-checking, and Brian is walking across one of the field, like the football field that we were playing on, Um and then he stops, like midfield, and then beelines it right to us because he likes what he's hearing when we're playing. So here we are. We're sound checking. We're playing basically a one man to a, like a one man audience, which is Brian Head Welsh, and we're like, "What the fuck is, what is happening my actual life right now? Right now? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? What did I do to get here?" And it, wow. like, I did something right, right. And then uh, this was um, when we were all in Christian bands and Love and Death was a Christian band. And then like as soon as he gets like, you know, maybe 100 feet from the stage, the uh, pastor who had helped organize and was running the whole show comes up. It's like, hey, we're having a group huddle. And it's like, no, leave him alone. He wants to listen to us play. Let him be. <laughs> Let him be. Yeah. But he goes and he goes to the group huddle. Uh, lucky. No! <laughs> come back. <laughs> but uh, Baby, come back. that was one of the very few moments where I was like, like kind of surreal. Like wow. this doesn't even feel this like it should be happening. Right yeah. Uh, yeah. One of my idols and one of my favorite bands of all time is watching me play music right now. And he's the only one on the field. And cause we, you're just sound checking at that. We're point. just sound yeah. checking. Yeah. And we got to meet the rest of his band that night. They were all amazing. Uh, we talked music, we talked tattoos, we talked everything under the sun till like two in the morning. Um, That's amazing dude. And then, Luckily, we were able to get on that same show the next year, and they had Love and Death back with Brian Head Welsh. And then we also did a follow-up show after that show in Kentucky at um, some type of convention center, same lineup. And at that second Probably show in Kentucky, uh, I think it might have been, Yeah, um, Brian was actually standing side stage our entire set. And just like jamming out, and this is like one of those things. Jesus, man. Like, it's one of those mountaintop moments where you're like, everything else could be just fucking shitty from here, but <laughs> yeah. this is something I'm going to Brian treasure. Brian Welsh is sitting here jamming in my shit. Moment. Yeah. yeah. 
And it was just one of those cool ass moments. It's like, uh, I've never been star truck, star struck before or since that moment. Wow. That's crazy. Like, bro. Uh, bro. He's living like dreams. That's, that's like, <laughs> that's crazy, dude. It makes me realize that we're not working hard enough. We're lazy, dude. I can tell you right now you're not working yeah. hard enough. <laughs> Which I, we've known that. But Y'all still. write incredible music and you half-ass it. No, no, half-ass is not the right term. It, it is trying to find the time. We half-ass the delivery. Yeah. Man, probably because a lot of, you know, we talk There's about just a when lot you of have life. kids and you have, mm-hmm. you've got literal responsibilities that your life and your, your the people you're responsible for, their lives depend oh, on. Oh, yeah. It's hard to do. It is. And it that's is. something that. Certain things we all kind of have to grapple with <clears throat> as we're getting older, still playing music, still playing music that we enjoy playing, not yeah. just, you know, playing and uh, you're not whatever. playing covers in a bar. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Which no knock on that. No, because if you're wanting to make music a living, that's a fantastic way to do it. You gotta do it. Right. <clears throat> I prevail. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. But you okay over there? Yeah. I'm good. Yep. Like as you get older, you and like if me you, joking earlier, haven't reached some of those levels that some of these other bands have reached like you just kind of you gotta reprioritize just out of necessity yeah absolutely. you get families you get things that are going to be more important and it's not like the music isn't going to still be like one of your top priorities but it's going to be like maybe top three top five and it's mm-hmm. going to rotate through that top three top five every once in a while yeah. depending on what changes going on. man and that's one of the things i struggle with because like i'm I'm in a place where even with the band or even by myself as an individual musician, I'm like, this will sound arrogant and I don't mean for it to sound that way, but like, I know I'm a pretty decent musician and I'm like, when you can remember the song, when, when I can remember the song, (laughs) tell me that riff again, but it's like, dude, if I'm 10 years, 10 years down the road or 12 years down the road and I literally didn't try, like fully try at this thing to play music for a living. Dude, I, I I don't know that... I, like, I'll be able to face that reality, but at the same time, like, I'll be so upset with myself. Yeah. And that's the kind of the thing, like, you don't want to, you know, end this life don't with regret. regrets. I don't right? want that, man. Gary Vee, he talks about it all the time. Right. And, like, music is just one of those things, like, once you catch the bug, like, you're hooked. You're hooked, man. And you want to do it to the utmost capacity that you can some people will get more opportunities than others uh some that's definitely due to a lot of hard work and but also a lot of just kind of random opportunities that kind mm-hmm. of present themselves and yeah. being able to take advantage of those when you can it doesn't happen for everybody um and that was the lesson that i learned very hard uh and just being in this fire's embrace and touring the way we did we had a manager who promised us the world, uh, told sure. us to quit our day jobs and that like tooth and nail and all these other record labels were coming out to our shows and they were in contact with him and it turned out to all be fucking false. Hmm. Uh, yeah. That's... Like there's shit that happens. Right. Uh, but the thing is the love for the music never goes away. It doesn't matter what else I'm doing. Like right now, photography is my main thing. Um, but I stepped away from music for a long time and always felt like there was something missing from my life while I was doing like whatever else I was doing, um, after this fire's embrace ended. How many years was that? It was nine years from when this fire's embrace ended to when I 
came back lunch. and joined so you So you took guys. a rather long hiatus. Oh, wow. so that was a, yeah. That's a longer gap period than mine. Yeah. I was just so mine Jay, was... Go ahead. Uh, so when Once Pure uh, dissolved, um, it was maybe maybe five years. I'm trying to... Th- I, I can't remember the year that we stopped playing. Like, I don't know when our last... Like, the last Once Pure show was. 14, 15, something like that. No, you know, it's probably about four years yeah. or so. Um, yeah, but I also had a daughter, you know, I had a daughter that was born in 2010. So, you know, I just, I didn't stop playing music as far as just like, I have my guitars. And yeah, I'm being a little jamming, yeah. And, I, and I, do, I do stuff, but as far as being in a band and playing out, it's probably about four years. Ooh. And my my brother you know he'd been in sour blood for a little while and he was trying to like they would they would try to get me to come back like come back to play like come on once you you know you know you want to yeah like, especially come join you were in once pure with brad so yeah so and i'm like i don't know it sort of left a bad taste in my mouth like I'm still cool with with all the guys in the band and, and once period like it's not like there's bad blood or we hate each other like it's nothing like that but when you were asking me to come back and be in a band and commit to a band a lot of the sort of uh just memories kind of pop up of mm-hmm. you know how there's some trauma how things left you know and it's like man do I really want to do I want to go through all of that again you know I mean we experienced a lot like we we did a lot of things, you know, a lot of good things. Um, some of the best shows that, that I've ever played has been with that band. Um, but I'm like, I, I don't know. So what they did was they were like, they sold your ass. They were like, Hey, uh, we're thinking about maybe covering like, uh, a once pure song, like one or two, like what, what if, uh, would you get up on stage and like play a song with us? I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. That's fine. Well, it ended up being, well, I mean, we're only really doing like, I don't know, like five or six songs, maybe or something like that. Like, why don't you just, you know, why don't you do the set? I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's just a little bit at the time. All You're right. tugging at me here. So I get up there. It was a terrible show. <laughs> okay. Like okay. not not like from my playing, but it's just one of those shows where like there's technical difficulties. It's like yeah. an outdoor show. We've talked about that. Powers, be, you know, you got power issues. You yeah. got we've talked about that rain. Yeah. Like just it just wasn't wasn't good. Sure, just a multitude of different so, things. So you know, I basically thought that was it, and then they were like, "Hey, um, we have we have a show coming up in a couple months." Um in November. So this was like August when I, when I did that show, they're like, well, in November we were opening for devil driver at the Al Rosa Villa. And it's um, like, it's sold out. Like, would you, you know, will you play that show with us? Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, yep. <laughs> I mean, dev, got like buddy, Devil yeah. Driver, like sold out, like Al Rosa show. Okay, yeah, yep. like you want me to play out in the sticks on the back of a trailer, like with power? Like, nah, I'm not, you know. But anyways, yeah, I show up. It was an awesome show. 
It was insane. And then afterwards, out back, like loading up gear and stuff, they're like, so um, are you in? Fucking hurt your ass. Hey, by the way, so we got like five other shows, you know, (laughs) five national touring shows that we're like. I I sort of had like we need some some stipulations, you know, like I we got a record to record. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We we need a record that needs written. Yeah, that's my that's my job in the band is to you know everyone kind of has their little niche or whatever. Yeah, you know Brad and Bloomy do a lot of the um, business. Stuff. And they're good at it, man. Screaming they Evans is still trying to figure good. out what the fuck he does, but yeah. Just kind of I hearing, just fucking riff, dude. Dude, just kind of hearing like just the snippets of conversations the that Brad the and Justin have about putting together like the bash or anything else that we do. It's like, I want no part of that. The <laughs> just, business side of it? Yeah. Right. Just show, tell me when I need to be where yes. to lift whatever yep. heavy thing and then or not, yeah. play bass play or whatever. Play the music yeah. and then. Yeah. Where do yeah. I need to stand? Yeah. Well, right. and, and what do Jay, I do with my hands? Yeah. <laughs> Jay, you make a you make a really good point in, in regards to that feeling of, and not that I've been in this position before of maybe there was that taste of real success, you know, and then it went away or the band had dissolved and whatever had happened. But I remember growing up when I was learning how to play guitar and getting good at it and having my own influences and having people show me and teach me. And there, I don't want to mention his name on here because I don't know that he would want to be mentioned, but there was um, a local musician around here that I knew was pretty successful with it and supposedly was extremely fucking talented. And I remember when I was a kid, when I was around him, that like music wasn't interesting to him anymore and he like always shied away from playing guitar anymore and it was like he hated it and it as I've gotten older it made me realize that he as a musician either had this passion and it didn't get to where he wanted it to go or that there was a level of success that him and his group had reached but it didn't catapult to that that next level and there's like a a sour taste, ironic, you know, we're talking sour blood, but there's that sour taste in his mouth. And I remember seeing that like on his face when me and my buddies were playing music as kids. And I'm like, I didn't understand it at the time, but now that I'm 28 years old and I'm like, I I think I see why he always was that way or it felt that way being around him. Yeah. And I kind of felt, a similar way um when this fire's embrace ended in 2011 like that had been the past six years of my life mm-hmm. uh and coming like pretty much straight out of high school because we started during my senior year and then just kept going and just like this is what i was doing until i was like 24 um it's like when that ended and we were so close to breaking through and actually having like some type of stable living to come out of this and just doing what we love. It's like, yeah, there's kind of like a touched a hot plate and held on a little too long type feeling about mm-hmm. that. Because when I moved on to the next chapter of my life, I never really got away from music. Um there were some times where I'd pick up a bass here and there, but it just felt like I don't even want to touch this. And that was me for a long time. 
until um, December of 2019. Um, Bloomy had Justin had reached out to me like maybe a month or two prior and be like, Hey man, our bass player is kind of like on his way out. He's moving on to some other things. We need he was some supposed to be moving out of state. Like he was going to move out of state. Yeah. Well, whatever okay. he was doing, he was going to be moving on. Uh, you guys were working on behind enemy <clears throat> lines, the new album. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hard we to were... believe it's been that long. Yeah. It's been 2019 was like crazy, last year, bro. bro. Yeah, I remember when you guys dropped that because shit. COVID was a fucking blur. Me and, me and Jay Everything sat in the parking in lot at Muddy Creek Saloon, and he was showing me. I don't know Something if it had dropped it. yet or no, showing me previews. That yeah. was just some preview yeah. stuff. But yeah, it came it's in like, August twenty twenty. Yeah, crazy, August twenty twenty. Holy shit! Um, it's been three, almost three years. Uh, but yeah, Justin, who I had known since two thousand five, two thousand six, because him and Nick. Uh, who were some of the original members of Sour Blood when TFE was starting out, came to our practice space to do some of our first ever recordings of stuff that we were trying to work on. Like they just recorded us like right in. And it was my first time I met Justin. So I'd known him for a while and he just asked like if I knew anybody who could help out on bass um, and I was like, that was very intentional. I'm going to go out yeah, on a I'm limb. Going out, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> and saying that that was pretty it fucking like intentional. Bloomy's one hell of a salesman because he's he got you very into the good. Band and, yep. We got this show. Uh, so, yeah, same thing they did with Jay. <laughs> they got you the same fucking way, bro. <laughs> so Jay shaking his head like this I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything. This is music that I'm really into. Uh, it could be fun. I'm just gonna come. I'm gonna help him write. I'm gonna help him record. I'm gonna come. Yeah, right. <laughs> All over the place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm terrible. <laughs> it was that a with the mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I'm. There's a little reservoir at the end. Uh, the but, reservoir tip. <laughs> That's what you get with a good condom. Right? That's why you need a bass player. That's right. But, Damn right. So I was like, yeah, I'm humble. I'll come in. I'll help you write. I'll help you record. And we get through like January. And it's like, we got this show coming up in February. We need someone to play. We've already agreed to play it. It's with Bleed the Sky. Uh, which has got Austin from Devil Driver as the yep. drummer. It's his mm-hmm. side project. So it's kind of like the same story here. Kind of. It's the exact <laughs> same <laughs> fucking story. Well, yeah, There's some parallels. Austin plays drums in Chimera. Also, Chimera, yeah. yeah I remember. Because I know that, if I'm not mistaken, that's a big influence of Brad and Bloom. Yeah. And maybe Mine, yours as well. Rob, yeah, yours I, as I well. never got to that. But like when I, when I came to like writing my own songs, um, Rob Arnold was one of the biggest influences for me. Yeah. Bloomy okay. talked about Cold Chamber too. Yes, he was yeah. huge on Cold Chamber and probably still is. Yeah, he just posted oh, yeah. pictures over the weekend at, at incarceration. incarceration of Cold yeah. Chamber. Yeah, he like yeah. beelined it in the middle of Fit for a King to go make sure he was in a good spot for Cold, Cold Chamber, Chamber when they yeah. started. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so they got me, it's like we got one show, play it with us, see it, you know, just because we already got it booked. It's like, all right, fine, I'll do one show. Play that one show and it's like, Fuck, I'm back. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. Yeah. So this so, is how they get us. Seems uh, like Bloomy and Brad have the same power of persuasion as, as Sean. Sean. Exactly. Right. Where it's yeah. like, listen, I know you're tired, but this song is so like, close. Exactly. I know it's 3 o'clock in the morning, but we've almost got I just it. Need you, like, I just need I you to play it up. about 18 more times. <laughs> I know you're 
just signed up for writing and recording, but we got this show. We can't <laughs> not play it. We can't not Could have you a bass play player play it with you're us. Kind of already, you're kind of already obligated to play it. And soon, like literally before we even stepped foot on that stage, I knew I was back in the. And you like knew that, you were back. I knew yeah. I was back. I knew this was the band I was supposed to be with. That's awesome. Uh, just the guys, Justin, Jay, Brad, like all of them, just felt like. That feeling I had when I joined this Fires Embrace. Like mm-hmm. these guys, even though I just met them, uh, other than Justin, I was like, I felt like I'd known them forever. These guys yeah. are my family. These guys are my best friends. Awesome. It's just like just that Incredible. instant connection. It's just like the music came so easily. And it's like even now with the new stuff that Jay's bringing to the table, it's like everything he's tossing our way is like, I'm just as excited now it's in fire. 2023 it's that I was. Woo! you know, picking up the Sour Blood stuff in 2019. Well, I mean, that new shit's fire well, as here, fuck. Here's what you have to take into consideration. So, I, I talked about how... I love that he's confident about his shit. Yeah. It's no. not like, Listen. yeah, I think it's good. No, it's fucking fire, people. Listen. Well, <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> so, one of the things about when they were trying to get me to be in Sour Blood and I was having reservations, I talked about how it left a sour taste in my mouth, like, the way things ended with the last band, just mm-hmm. everything that came with it. Well, when I joined Sour Blood, what made me stick around, which sort of speaks to what Steve was talking about, is that when I was in the band, like when I, I joined the band, I'm like, oh, this is like a um, breath of fresh air because everyone everyone's getting along. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone carries their 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 weight. Um Maybe not as the much stress. Baggage. Like, the, like I, I didn't have as much like stress and anxiety and worry and all this stuff that that came with, uh, you know, when I was playing music before. So, that was always a, that was a good thing, you know, and then that's kind of how <clears throat> it, it got with Tyler, um, and he was things were happening in his personal life. And so he was not making it to practice as much. And like, Tyler, stuff was that was up. the his old basis that I couldn't, yeah. I have him on Facebook, but I couldn't so remember who it when was. I joined the band. Okay. It was Tyler. Yep. Yep. And he had stuff going on in his personal life. He wasn't making it to practice. And then he was going to be moving out of state. Okay. So it was like a mutual thing. I mean, he's yeah. even come to shows. Yeah. Tyler's then. a great guy. That's and awesome. Like, come man. watch his play. I had met him a couple times and he always oh. seemed super genuine. Oh, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah. So then, you know, so Steve comes in. So now it's like, oh man, this is great. Like, this is even better. Like, you know, Steve just brings this, uh, like, a, a presence on stage, you know, a lot of energy and it's e- easy to feed off of. And, you know, I, a lot of time our, our live show, you know, I'm, I'm, we're feeding off each other. And so a lot of times we're on the same There's side. There's no feeling of the stage. like it. Yeah, no, no, I can't really. I'll either. have people like there's like some of, you know, there's stage, people. Uh, I look over at this motherfucker and he's sometimes. losing yeah, his I, shit, man. I, I would I'm love like, to. I really would. Yeah, but, like um, we've had people comment though where they're like, you know, you and Steve were like in sync. You were like, it's, together. yes, like like you yep. just had like, like you guys we were just like, like our eyes were just like you guys were like snacking together. Yeah, just just kind of look at those two snacks on stage. Yes, this is the fucking snack shack, baby. <laughs> well, one thing that we really haven't that we haven't talked about. Uh, what, what, real, really quick, really quick, and I know you're about to make a better point than me. <laughs> you better make it quick, <laughs> I'm motherfucker. I'm the motherfucking co-host of this show. No, I'm just kidding. 
I relate with what you guys have said and the experience that you have, you had in those laws of your musical journey and maybe those break in between bands. What bands got you back into, how do I want to say it? The that, love for music. That love for music because I can relate. There was a law for me in music because I had a bunch of changes. Um, I think I was... I was probably 19, 20, maybe 21, where there was a law of specifically metal music for me. For some reason, um, I had met my wife and other things had happened. But Sydney. Yeah, what's up, girl? Um, there was a law for metal music for me, and well, I'm going to meet right them again, but a band like Polaris, like it gave mm-hmm. me that love for metal music specifically again that... After that, I had then joined, joined with Screaming Evidence because of happenstance and other things. But like, what were there any band? And if there wasn't, that's okay. But what what bands maybe inspired you to spark that fire a little bit more? Um. Well, for me, Jay, I apologize if I really cut you off. Super good. good. Okay. <laughs> uh, for me, the love for the music never went away. Okay. Uh, this was something that. Um, when I stopped playing music in TFE, it's like, it's, it's not like I wasn't a metalhead anymore. Yeah. I was yeah. always trying to find like the new hotness that was coming out, mm-hmm. like who had the sickest breakdowns, who had the sickest melodies, whatever. Yeah. Um, because I just genuinely love music and I always have. Um, th- when I stopped playing music with this fire's embrace and that part of my life was done, it was almost like I was kind of forcing myself to turn around from the performing aspect of it and forcing myself to do other things um, and just kind of trying to ignore that crater that was left inside of me for as long as I could, Mm -hmm. right? It never went away. Sure. Um, But as far as like bands that have always inspired me, um, like I mentioned earlier, when I was really young, um, I was always kind of attracted to that faster type of music, Mm -hmm. kind of more instrument driven, that kind of thing. And I remember as a kid, probably when I was like six or seven, um, my mom introduced me to Aerosmith's Back in the Saddle. Okay. And that was the first time I can ever remember hearing anybody scream on an album. He does scream Holy on that record. Shit. Yeah. Right. And I loved it. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. From there. He screams on the title track. Yeah. And it was like, I'd never Music heard anything like that. Over here. But that was like kind of like the foothold into what I was looking for. From there, I got introduced to um, Black Sabbath, Sold My Soul for Rock and Roll. Uh, that album and just like got into that. But what really kind of sick, like solidified me into the metal community is going to sound cliche, but Metallica. (laughs) Fuck you, Tyler. Fuck you, Tyler. No offense to any other band, but it was Metallica's, um, and Justice for I All. I knew that's what oh, you were going to say. I knew. Was Dude. it blackened? Bro, Dyer's Eve. It was Eve. blackened. It was blackened. It was blackened. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. So as soon as I heard that. <laughs> he said, fuck you. Of course, I got the rest of the album. And then I went to every CD store <laughs> that I could find. And I got everything from Ride the Lightning 
um, and and Justice for All, yep. not and Justice Master for All, puppets, um, kill them all, kill them all, kill them all, yeah, yeah, to everything till I was caught up with and Justice for All, and then I got the Black album, mm-hmm. yep. and it was like, okay, Metallica, mind blowing stuff. I'm a metalhead. I love fast. I love yeah. heavy. I love kind of those rougher vocals. Yeah, but the next thing that kind of really sealed the deal for me as far as becoming a musician. Yeah. Um, when you were growing up, did you have like a cooler, older kid in the neighborhood? Oh yeah. Oh okay. yes. So there's a cooler, older kid who lived two houses down from me who said he was starting a band okay. and he was super into Metallica. We were, we've been like sharing music for a while. And I looked up to this guy cause he's the cooler, older kid. Yeah. yeah. It's like, right? It's like, what's his name? Matthew that, McConaughey's character. That in, was my uh, cousin for me growing dazed up. Dazed and confused. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. But not quite that creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> right. This, he was, I was probably 12. This kid was uh, 15. So freshman in high school. Jay, hold on to your point. I know we're delving into something We'll come deeper, back to but it. I promise we so will. I, I get to talk about my origin story now. Uh, but yeah, so shout out. His name was Mark. Mark Nance. Shout out Mark Nance. Uh, he said... I'm trying to start a band and I need a bass player. And I was 12 years old. I was like, I'll play bass. I was going to ask you, how did you get into bass? And you're already taking me there. It's like, there you go. He said he needed a bass player. I'm going to be your bass player. I went home to my mom that night and it's like, what is bass? (laughs) (laughs) That's metal as fuck. I've never used a condom before. I don't know what we're talking about. I don't know. I'm 12. What what is condoms? Uh, No, scratch that from the whole interview. What is a bass? What is a bass? And like at that point, I was getting into like Papa Roach, their okay. song. Um, uh, what was their song? Big Last hit. Resort. Last, Last Resort. Last Resort was. Which is literally huge. about killing yourself. And they yeah. made it super upbeat. And I'm but like, it was super upbeat. I'm confused. And I remember it's like, okay, so bass is that really long one with like less strings. Like that's how I learned yes. what bass was. None of that is a lie. None of that is a lie. <laughs> but I, this is 12 year old me trying to figure out what. I could Rock do to make myself as cool as the older kid in the neighborhood that yeah. everybody looked up to. So I learned how to play bass. That was when I started my journey into that. Started taking lessons. Uh, oh, and so getting, you took lessons? Okay. Oh yeah, I started taking lessons. They didn't last. Only like maybe a couple years um, until I got into high school, and then started playing with other people at that point. And, and it was like, fuck you, I don't need you anymore, that kind of thing. Not really that. It's just also my mom was a single mom raising two sons. Shit's uh, expensive. Middle class, shit's expensive. Bro, I get it. I started out playing bass and drums. And after a month, she's like, you got to pick one. And I was like, all right, bass. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of the start. The band that really was kind of that aha moment for me uh, was... When was I? It was probably like sophomore or junior year in high school. Okay. Kill switch engage. Yes, sir. Ooh. Yes, sir. You already know. Alive and just breathing. Just Alive, Alive and just breathing. Mm. Yes. And I backtracked to their previous album and got a hold of that. I was in that original Jesse era. Oh, the OG Jesse era. The OG yes, Jesse sir. era. Yeah. And just fell in love with that album. Alive and Just Breathing was a definitive moment in my life that I will never forget. Same as it's ours. like, 
Well, not, so not that random, record, but, but we Kelsey we all was, have yeah. those. Yes. Mine is like the poison bullet from my Valentine. Yeah. Define yeah. uh Shadows Are Security as I lay dying. Yeah. Defining you have defining albums or defining been, yeah. yeah, like some of those albums like As I Lay Dying, uh And we'd love to hear yours, Jay, if we, if you have Shadows Are Security. Yeah, Shadows Are Security, but for me it was really Oceans Between Us when I really <laughs> yes, caught on to As I Lay Dying. Us. Yeah. But Kill Switch Engage, Alive and Just Breathing. He was late to the game, but that's okay. We'll take I, it. I, I was. was late to the game with as I laid down. Listen, you're yeah. older. Everybody's late to the game. I only have six months left of being in my 30s. So. <laughs> Enjoy it, bud. <laughs> I'm scared to death of 30. Um, Anyways. It's not bad. But Alive and Just Breathing, Kill Switch Engage, Jesse Leach was a definitive moment for me in my just musical Journey. life in yep. general. Keep hitting the microphone with the it's all glass. Good. We, we, we beat him up. It's all good. Uh, will get to you. Quick. And then Howard joined the next album later for end as of heartache the, or end of heartache. Yeah, that was before. As and holy night, crap, was, yeah. that was just like a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. And to find out that Howard was also a Columbus guy. Yeah, absolutely. It's like why the grew, fuck didn't I know that? Really, you're not he grew the up in Hilltop, bro. But like he split his time Thank between you. Hilltop and California, I believe. Still. I might be wrong about that, but still, he yeah. spends part of his time. I thought was yeah, like he knows Columbus. Uh, and Dude, like, the Ohio metal scene is shit. fucking nuts when you break it down. When you yeah. break it down, like there's a lot of people who <laughs> have contributed to the metal's just history. Malls, Miss May I, right. Black Veil Brides, Kill Switch. Hey, the list goes on. Fucking and on. wasn't Wars. the drummer for Nightmare Sour Blood, baby. Yeah. yeah. But um, and Macho Man Randy Savage, not a musician. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, just like the vocals Green alone. Rise to the top, yeah. But that kind of started my whole journey on like this can be heavy, it can be melodic, catchy, it can be melodic, but it can make yep. you feel. Too. You it can, can make you fucking cry, and you and make you scream. scream. Yes, like Jesse's voice on that album. So my music take is I prefer Jesse over Howard. But oh, that's, like don't, that's a hot take. I can uh, as a kill switch fan overall i can separate those into two separate it's categories. like two bands yeah not really two bands but two eras yeah right absolutely so you had the jesse era in the beginning to get it started you had howard which was phenomenal and took them to heights that they probably couldn't have reached with you know where they were at before mm -hmm. just the charisma and the range and the just like the that, he's got Something. such an iconic voice. The dude. soul. Yeah. Literally one of the most iconic voices in metal is Howard, right? Yep. Howard. He, Howard Jones, babe. He left and then Jesse came back and it was like And then they collabed. We like go. on their first record with Jesse back, they're like, Hey Howard, come do this. Of course Howard's got a side project now. I can't think of what the name of it is, but they oh, released dude. They're yeah. fucking gnarly, dude. Right. So Howard's still making killer music. And he go he 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 will play live shows with Killswitch and come out and isn't, do. Isn't it called like Light, Light the, the Torch? torch. Yeah, it. I love yeah, Light the it. Torch. Yep. yep. And even Jesse had his side project back before he came back to Killswitch, uh, Days of Grace. Yep. Which was amazing. Times, yeah. of, times of Grace. Times of times Grace. Of Grace. That, sorry. That album was bad with names. Sometimes the bourbon talks well, on this well, show. It, but it's that's so cool because so many no, of these guys No, it was have, so good. Tim Lambesis from As I Lay Dying has a side project where he actually plays guitar yeah. on it. Like, yeah. Just, yeah, I've heard yeah, that side project. They have a couple videos out. Yeah, they got a couple. Well, they got a whole uh, album that's actually like, Tim can fucking shred, and I'm like, dude, Tim is so huge. I'm like, the guitar is afraid to mess up. Sure, the name has something to do with fire, though, right? It's it something. Is. I, yeah. Um, I'll figure it out. But go ahead. Give, it's up. metal as fuck. It's metal as fuck. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, Kill Switch was kind of my intro into that whole metalcore scene and just kind of you seeing did. what the possibilities so, of yeah. heavy music could be. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be Metallica. It can be anything you want. And then from there, I got into like System of a Down, As I Lay Dying, yep. um, kind of a mix. I always liked a variety because I didn't start off my musical career necessarily as a metal musician. I started off as a bass player and then I just kind of navigated mm -hmm. genres until I found stuff that I liked in all of them. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as like my big influences go outside of just the musical influences, but there's a performative influence as well for me as far as bass players go, because bass players, let's face it, kind of underrepresented yeah, a lot are. of metal music. They are, unfortunately. Uh, but I saw guys like Les Claypool, uh, Victor Wooten, Flea, mm. um, the, you know, Getty Lee from Rush. Please say the Incubus bassist. Yeah, Incubus for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these bass players what who weren't from, just uh, phenomenal. What about dude from Three Eleven? Oh yeah, Peanut? sure, sure. Three Eleven had some oh, had some good stuff out there. But point being, like all these bass players who weren't just phenomenal musicians, but amazing performers. Like these guys uh -huh. put on a show. Not, like it's hard to top Flea. Yeah. As yeah. far as like a performance goes, like that dude puts himself through a car wreck every single show that he yeah. plays. And it's amazing. It's enthralling. And it's like a bass player can do that. So as far as like the performance side of things, which I think is almost a different animal than if you're just like a recording artist and just trying to play the notes proficiently, mm -hmm. like that's one side of it. But the other side of the coin is performing it live. And like those guys were just as much of an influence on me as anybody else. Which is I why heard. hair metal was so fucking huge is because it was about putting on a fucking show. True. And the spandex probably had something to do with that too. I would say. <laughs> that's the thing. I never got into hair metal. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I never I did. did. But Jay, not like nah. poison. I was more <laughs> like, like nah. I was more like Dawkin. There was and a few rat and more of the edgy. I can respect like ACDC. Mm. Um in a lot good of ways. songs, dude. We've talked about it. They, they wrote, wrote, they wrote songs. some good songs. And it's they, nothing they did. Against, they weren't complex, but they were good fucking songs. Here's the thing. Bam, bam, all right, here, bam, all right, you just bam, made a good point. Bam, and I was bam, this brings me I was gonna say something earlier because we were talking about we were also talking about Kurt Cobain. He wrote I, good songs. Listen, he wrote good songs. Yeah, I, I think that that's really just all that it comes down to at the end of the day. It does, Everybody dude. has listen to John Brown from Monuments. different, like, talent levels. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. But I've seen some of um, just really extremely talented musicians um, that can just do things that, like, that I, I can't do. But do they you know? write good songs? But don't really write to me songs. they do I always preferred Bon Scott's ACDC to Brian Johnson but that that's what that's what that's the thing and about Tyler Kurt Cobain is so big on was Kurt Cobain really point, good so. like no not really he, he wrote wasn't good fucking songs but he wrote he wrote songs that people liked and they that latched was, on to that was the thing that I was I, my, my point I always made about Nirvana was they were so overrated I'm like how can you like and this is no no shade at anybody it was like how can you meet ride Kurt Cobain so bad when Jerry Cantrell exists because that was always my thing is like, have you heard this guy? Like, like yeah, that was always my thing. But Nirvana, I, 
I can dislike a band's music and still lay respect on what they did. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah, because Nirvana. So, and I think all of us kind of go through that. And like in my younger years, when I was in high school and just out of high school, if there was singing in it, like it was garbage, right? Because I just wanted it heavy. I've I wanted been there. Fast. Dare you sing? I Bro, I, listen, I used to listen to Cradle of Filth. Dude, I get I still it. Know like, right. Like that though. But it always bothers me. What the heavy stuff? No, it bothers me when people are. Especially musicians. Well, that I mean that's what I'm saying. Narrow-minded about yes. music. I prevail. Gatekeepers. Oh yeah. So here's uh, I, like there's a lot of bands I that even hate on them, but I even bands that I even liked back in the day, um, but maybe I didn't appreciate as much as I should have back then. But all of it's because I was younger. I was I found what I loved, and that's all that mattered, right? Yep. When I was younger, yeah. It takes a while for you to accept that because yes. you hang out with people, and it's like, oh well, I have like this group of friends, and they love this, but they hate this. But yeah. then my other group of friends are the opposite, mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. like mm-hmm. I'm into both, but like I feel like I have to choose, but yep. I don't really want to choose because I like all. I of like them both. Yep. And yep. I'll, yep. I'll tell you what as. If anybody's like dogging or trying to like belittle bands like Nirvana or uh, any other, like even the hair metal bands like from the eighties, which are personally not bands that I would ever choose to listen to. Sure. Not because they were bad, but just because not your style. It's not something yeah that has kind of grabbed me, but those bands for whether you love them or hate them knew how to write a catchy song that people could sing along to and you know whatever and writing something that is simple but catchy is just as hard as writing whatever the shreddiest lick and solo that you could write is yep like you just have to identify your target audience well, it's that, but you just, more importantly, you just got to write what you enjoy when, when and not worry about everything else. Enjoy what you enjoy. Enjoy playing and writing what you enjoy. Uh, like if you, like we, we play in Sour Blood. We are a heavy band that has no clean vocals. And I love that music, that style of music so much. It has been such a, a shaping factor in my life, but I love the Beatles. I love Blink One Eighty Two. I love uh, George Clinton and the Parliament Funkadelic. I love all of these different things now because I've kind of been able to see, look back, and see a broader view. And it's like, oh, we all just kind of like what we like and we write what's inside of us. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. And if someone, there's like, sounds in our head that we have to get out right, on the fretboard. I mean, I like, for yeah. Nirvana, like that was that sound for the Beatles. That was that sound yep. for poison. That was that sound. And even if I might not be the biggest fan of a genre, like if you're making a living doing what you love to do, more and successful you, than me. Right. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. More successful than me. Yeah, for I, sure. Hey, a band that but, wrote songs that a lot of people liked. Uh, yeah. but I, but you know, for me, it's just like, mm, but I, I'm pretty sure you guys like him. Cause I've listened to some episodes was, uh, your boys in Creed. Oh, no! you be careful. Oh, they just got say, back together too. I was going to say everybody, but Scott step, but no, listen, <laughs> no, when you guys, when it was this or that, and it was 
Creed or Breaking or Benjamin. Breaking yeah. Benjamin. Oh, I'm sitting there saying, how are we having me, this discussion? But I used to get down <laughs> on some Breaking Benjamin. He's like, how is it even an argument? We all Breaking Benjamin, though. You did, but I'm we saying, all picked Breaking like Benjamin. Breaking Benjamin. Well, me and Tyler picked Chevelle. Now, I, I will say Breaking this Benjamin one almost the Breaking same Benjamin level. How much of a banger? How much of a banger was What If by Creed? Oh, dude, What If is incredible. Yeah, What If was incredible. Dude, Creed just announced they're getting back together and going on a tour. I'm like, mm. you're going to go see that show. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly I can't find a rhyme in all my reasons. I've lost. You had something you were about to say to Steve's point, And I believe we didn't do you enough justice to. And, and no, you also it's, cut it's over here. Dude, it is hot. We were talking about. It is hot. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he started talking shit about Creed. So <laughs> he, he got uh, all red. Listen, I will say this. I, I did at one time. Way back in the day, I had one album, and there was like, Human I, think there, I think there was like maybe two songs on it mm-hmm. that I like listened to, like I like I listened to and liked, like to where I would listen to it on repeat. Can't remember what those are, but if there was a couple. Mm-hmm. Was that the album that had? Wait, they might not even sing that song. See, I get some of those bands mixed up. Well, my own prison. That in my prison. Yeah, that's what albums that on. My own prison. My own prison. Yep. So that cool. was the album. There was like a, a song or two off of that album that I had. That's a that, good choice. Or here's the thing: like some of these phenomenal <laughs> musicians that you, we all love and admire and aspire to, probably have some of those bands that we were like, really, that's one of your influences. Yeah. Uh, one of the bands we used to play with way back in the day, like all the time, it was a band out of Cincinnati called The Beneath. I don't know if any of you guys remember them. I don't know that I have. definitely worth a Google if uh, if you're you know got some spare time. Phenomenal band insane musicians like they were kind of along those protest the hero lines okay that style just phenomenal musicians the melodies were there the hooks were there these dudes broke down and they fucking shredded and like yeah their lead guitar player one of their guitar players was a young kid whose favorite band in the entire world was creed and then for the life of me at the time, I couldn't figure it out. It's like, are you serious? You play all these shreddy, shreddy. He was a Mark Tremonti fan is what it was. Probably, right? Yeah. But now it's like, it's one of those things. Like, you never know who got influenced by what. Bro, and, I love like, Creed. <laughs> I love Creed, You, you like Three Doors Down? If you don't like... Hell no. See? Oh, oh, what the fuck, man? If it ain't metal, get the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. No, oh, no, dude, no, I got no, down no, with some that's what I'm Three Doors about. Down. <laughs> I I have a wide variety of music that I listen to. Yeah. You just don't like dad rock. You like dad smack? rock back in the You're 90s? You're a fucking dad, Jay. Come on, man. You, like, you, some dad you are rock. like legally really. obligated to listen to <laughs> You're like, I'm a math teacher. I've seen, I've seen God smack a few times in concert, but uh, no, not really. I mean, there are, no, no. Oh, man. man. That's, like, that's fair. I Shut mean, your goddamn mouth! I saw, <laughs> hey, listen, I saw them in concert with the Deftones. It was a good show. Yeah, oh, you know, I mean, that's I another, that's a band that everybody loves show. that I don't like. I have to respect for them. I'm not Deftones. trashing them. I, oh, here's what I'll say: I can't get into them, bro. Here's what I say about like Godsmack and like bands like that. I'm not trashing them. Yeah, I respect them. Yeah, I've seen a lot of them live. They they're very proficient. They put on a good show. They perform their songs well. Can't really say anything about it. It's just not a band. That I'm gonna have like on the iPod, like I'm rolling around, like yeah. jamming some gossip. Like I'm, yeah. That's just well, not I feel like I feel like we're obligated. Oh, Tyler, oh. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Side note: Do you have one of the fossil iPods, like Brad? 
Oh, yeah. The bricks? Yeah. He said, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do, yeah. The classic, the iPod. Do you have so a concealed carry right license for that? 60 or? gig, I got that. Let's but I have, I have keep another that one. On <laughs> I keep that thing no. on me. Keep that thing on me. All right, I well, I feel like since we've talked about a couple, I don't want to keep you guys for too long, but I do want to, we've talked about a couple controversial bands, so i got to ask your opinion on Nickelback. Uh, Creed is better than Nickelback. Okay. Creed is so okay. much better okay. than Nickelback. Right. That's fair. Thank you. I would take Creed over Nickelback Listen, any day. Okay. Listen, but I will say if you if 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 there's anybody out I would take Creed over Puddle of Mud. Oh, that's valid day. too. Yep. I would too. Yeah. I think Puddle of Mud was too inconsistent. They had a couple couple good ones. They've but got Creed what? just consistently put out songs. I'm like, man, I know every fucking word to this song. Yeah. Uh and I think Creed's better than Stained. Ooh. No. I'm gonna have to disagree with you there. Yeah, I'm disagreeing. Sir. Sorry, have you heard Mud Shovel? I, bucket list. I've yeah, seen, I mean, Mud I still great. haven't seen Stain Live. I haven't That's either. My bucket list. No, I, I had I tickets. Believe. I love Aaron Lewis. I had tickets for Sonic Temple the year it was going to it was canceled because of COVID, covid year but it was them deftones tool like it was a pretty oh, stacked um i'm like man i finally get to see stained yeah, yeah i I, mm. I prefer actually both three doors down and creed disdained um just because the that, dude that's what i grew up with right so like when we talk about influences like mm -hmm. my parents were not huge stained fans but they had every fucking three doors down record and every creed record so too. are you listening to shit like matchbox 20 yes absolutely i am absolutely yes dude fuel he's shaking his fuel. head over there fuel. dude life house hey, i will fuel come life with house. me hey, on a journey you listen to filter yeah i will dude, say they just about played filter. sonic temple a couple months Ago. I will say this about Filter. Uh, when we were talking about the Battle of the Bands and like when I was in high school and stuff, I did cover. Or they? No, that's not Filter. That's okay. not Filter. That's Finger Eleven. My bad. Uh, oh, Finger Eleven. 11. I, Paralyzer. I You're a Paralyzer. Uh, yeah. Finger Eleven. It was actually uh, Broken Words. Dude, that song still comes on over the radio. Yes. They're going to be getting royalties from that forever. Ever. Uh, yeah, that pisses like, me off. Dude, Back cross in the day, famous theory of a dead man. I Fuck remember Crossfade. Didn't they have? They had one Tap song. One record. They? they had one record that was fantastic, and that was it. Yeah, that was really good. Three piece. Three piece. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been a bunch piece? of bands. Yeah, Chevelle three piece. Chevelle had a little bit more staying power. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, they did. But yeah, three doors down. Uh, Goo Goo Dolls, the Wallflowers. Oh, Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, man. Oh, Wall dude, there's. I was uh, so hooked on like life. House counting crows. Fuel. Counting crows. Yeah. The Black Keys. Jay's just Black Keys. disconnected Ohio from the conversation. Band. He's Everybody. Like, nah. Ohio Band. Yeah. Black counting Keys. crows are bad as God. fuck. Man. Yeah. Counting. Oh, counting crows for sure. Doctors? But I never got. Uh, I never got into spin doctors. But Black Keys. Let's show some respect. Oh, I love the Black Keys. Ohio band. Yes. Okay. yes. So see, I but the Black Keys is more of like a blues. It band. is, no, it's fine. Like, yeah. But it's still alternative. I still yeah. put that in that alternative. Well, the fact is, they're a band from Ohio that Was broke huge. through that ceiling, and now yep. get to just you know yep. do whatever they want to do for the rest of their life. Dude, That's Black Veil awesome. Brides is the same way. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like them, but they're from Cincinnati, and they're I mean they're huge. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, they sell out stadiums. I so. think that a lot of people um, no, kind of no. <laughs> don't realize the type of artistry that comes out of Ohio. It's and monstrous. There's so many like there's people, nothing to do here. 
Pick whatever industry you want. <laughs> we're yeah, either farming or we're playing instruments, okay? That's all we're doing. Either instruments or we're getting creative somehow. And we're contributing to something because we want to get out of farming, right? Uh, but even if you don't, there's probably some world-class farmers that are right here in the state of Ohio. Nope. Respect. Um, but yeah, like uh, the Columbus scene, the Ohio music scene, uh, the Ohio creative scene in general has contributed to so many fields. And I feel like it doesn't get talked about as much as it should be because once you get out of Ohio, you kind of just are just want to just be glad you're out of Ohio. It's like, oh yeah, I'm in Black Veil Brides, and then the yeah. from Ohio now part they're in LA. It's like yeah. yeah, they can't wait to get they couldn't wait to get out of. Ohio. Well, I don't even say it's because you can't wait to get out of it. Just coming from someone who has been out of Ohio and spent a lot of a time time out of Ohio. Uh, you grow up here. There's a lot that we take for granted. That's amazing here when we're growing up here. But once you get a chance Mm. to get out of your hometown and experience something else, it very quickly becomes that that's in front of you. Right. And that's what it is. Um, so are you saying you missed Ohio when you were gone after a while? yeah, Yeah, I did. I spent, uh, four years living in Europe while I was serving in the army. Thank well, you for your first service. Off, I was gonna say thank you for your service. <laughs> got two vets on here now, bro. Hold it against you, man. Yeah, what were you? Who y'all? Navy. 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 Uh, Where's the jokes? I'm waiting on go. the gay jokes. <laughs> I'm waiting on them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty. Um, so I want to close this out. Um, we've had an incredible conversation with with these guys, and and definitely want to. Uh, extend our invitation to have you guys come back on the show because we said it before we started recording like when you start going man you can just Just go and go and go um obviously we have the barnyard bash coming up here in september into september September 30th september 30th um so that's going to be a huge show and i definitely want to have you guys back on um to recap that and uh continue these these conversations that we've been having because there's just there's so much that we can cover it's a lot dude it's so much fun uh just most importantly did you get the part where uh i said there's a lot of semen in one spot if you're in the navy (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah navy Mm -hmm. i I don't think i don't i don't think it picked that part up but thanks oh we made sure okay so i just wanted to retouch on that the navy has a lot of semen yes proud of all of them there are best swimmers um, <laughs> you'd be surprised how many people can't swim in the Navy. I be would be, and that's usually why there's only one that makes it. But... <laughs> Fucking hell, he walked right into yes. that. Steve opened the door, and Tyler strolled right oh, through that bitch. Come on in, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, but if it didn't pick up, I was also <laughs> Army. Uh, mad respect to my Navy brothers and sisters, oh, as yeah, well man. as yes. uh, my Air Force and Marines brothers and sisters. Absolutely. Coast Guard, too. We'll throw you guys in there. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, so I spent a lot of time in Europe, four years living in Italy, uh, stationed over there with the 173rd Airborne Brigade, uh, 1st Battalion. I was Airborne Infantry, and it was kind of... One of the, it was a nice progression because I joined after this fire's embrace had ended. Uh, so I got to see a lot of the country with this fire's embrace, knew I wanted to keep traveling. And then about a year and some change later, I joined the army and got to see the world. So it was just kind of a nice progression. That's awesome, man. Came back to Columbus because I missed it. And then 2019 
Justin asked if I could help him write and record. And he roped you in just like just he got you. Got him. <laughs> just reeled me right got him. in. Pulled you right the fuck in. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, again, I, I want to echo your sentiment of, of thank you to all of our servicemen and women out there that have served or are currently serving. Um, if it wasn't for you guys and gals, we wouldn't be sitting here doing this podcast right now. So we're eternally grateful for, for all of you. Um, thanks again, guys, for coming on. What an awesome discussion. I can't wait to have you back on and do it again and recap Barnyard, which I'm fucking juiced out of my mind for. It's Barnyard's be a always show. a good time, man. Um, got convictions so, this year. Convictions, yeah, convictions is going to be headliner. Which, this will come out afterwards, but I'm just know, people, it was a great fucking show. This won't come out after Hopefully. Barnyard, bro. <laughs> I could have sworn. No, dog, this is this in is August, after. my guy. No, this will come out in August. This is coming out in August? This will be in August, yeah. All right, Are cool. Are you sure? Then, yes, I'm, po- uh, I'm, that, I'm In that case, uh, oh. come to the Barnyard Bash September 30th. We got a killer lineup. Yep, There's going to be... Fair. Food, it's $15 to get in. And then from there, if you want to pay $20, it's all you can drink for the rest Ooh. of the day until the kegs run out. That's not a challenge, by the way. No. Bullshit. <laughs> but if you want to take it as a challenge, come on down. So, so this is like August then. Okay. I yeah, could have sworn you yeah, no, 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 no. These, these two Nimrods have no clue about okay. the release so, schedule. Yeah. So, it, well, so then at that, to be fair, that the point, last few Barnyard Bashes have been in August. They have. They yeah. have. They this have. is the first this year it's going to be in September. Not on a Buckeye Day. It is not. It is a bye week. Come out. You have no excuse. Ohio State's not playing. Come down to this episode the will drop about Fayette August County 30th. Fairgrounds. August so about 30th. a month before Barnyard. Okay, so then there we I can, go. Then Perfect. I'm, I'm able to say, go to YouTube and check out uh, our latest single, Love "Alone it. and Afraid," recorded mm. with Jacob Mooney. Mm. Uh, Juicy. That should have. Well, I mean, which, yeah, that'll be out by then. Yeah, it'll so, be out. By yeah, then. Yep. guys, if promo you're it, bro. Yeah, trying to figure out who to produce with. Give Jacob a shot, like hundred percent. Heard a if, lot about him, dude. Is amazing. Your, y'all's production sounds nuts on that new. Oh, show. it's Yo. nuts, and he's the coolest guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he's like, <laughs> why not work with a guy that right. you get along with and is going to make your music sound incredible? Right. He's yeah. amazing. He works fast. His production is he's the highest wizard, of qualities. Man. He's a wizard. He's a cool hang. I love he that dude to death. Off. Y'all, dude. Yeah, if you go to record, just be prepared. His meaty cock is just flopping around <laughs> no, <laughs> a I lot was... of places. He'll get it, Jacob. You be know what I mean. Be prepared though to do some bench press and some pull ups. Oh yeah, Fine which I was brain on. Right, so there we'll go. go out and change. We'll, we'll exchange sets out in the, out in the garage. Love it. I was very proud of my performance on the bench and pull-ups, so <laughs> thank you very much. Outstanding. He's going to put your ass to work. <laughs> Love it. Well, again, big thanks to Jay and Steve from Sour Blood for coming on and, and uh, hanging with us for the last few hours. Can't wait to have these guys back on again. Uh, to recap, Barnyard, again, come out September 30th, Fayette County Fair, and uh, enjoy the music that's going to be going on. Sour Bloods for the kids. Sour Bloods for the kids. So it is. Mm-hmm. I believe it is a family friendly show. It's all ages. Yes. Yeah, it's all. It's an all ages show. Um. So yeah. Go ahead, Jay. No, I was just gonna say that it's it's in the rules that like we're not allowed to to cuss on stage. Yeah. Yep. So yep. It's an all ages. It's even a step further than just like it's an all ages. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, because the microphone carries and there's houses <laughs> nearby. We're right People next to a neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. We're in town. Yeah. We're in the we're city. We're in town. Right? So it's yeah. 
But yeah. But, uh, but come on out. We'll be there. Screaming Evidence will be playing. Sour Blood will be playing. The Screaming Idiots show will be there representing. So come mm. on out. See us. Hang out. It's an um, all-day thing, and we're all just hanging out with everybody all day. Yeah, it's a good time, man. It's a very intimate feeling. and, and I, It's I one of my favorite times of the year every yeah. year, man. So Absolutely. good. I'm and it'll hopefully be a little cooler this year. So being a little later. Being in September, yeah. yeah we're, it's what be, we were kind of aiming for. Yeah, it was hot last year. It was, it was definitely hot. <laughs> a little warm. So... It might again, be borderline cold by then. You never know. <laughs> you never know around yeah, here, right. man. So, again, thanks to all of our listeners. As always, give us a follow on all of our social medias at TSIS Podcast or just search The Screaming Idiot Show. We appreciate each and every one of you. We love each and every one of you. Thank you for listening and tuning in Do each and every week. I plug my Instagram really quick. No, no plug, yeah. plug whatever you want to plug, bro. All right. So, if you're looking for uh, a cool photography page to follow, uh, even if you're not into photography, but you like looking at cool images, uh, swing by at Steve Malone Photo and give my stuff a look. And if you like, uh, leave a comment, subscribe, uh, hit the notification thing so you can get notified when i make new posts and then uh yeah every little bit helps towards keeping me a full-time photographer Hell and yeah, creative dude. person so all about Beautiful. supporting small business around here jd got any socials you want to plug real quick or sour blood stuff or um no no not really i, I you plug the the new song on youtube yeah so. yeah we got you know the song the video the song uh is available on all platforms uh the videos on youtube um, you know, when it comes to social media, I, I don't really do any sort of, uh, I don't have a side business. Actually, my little side hustle is actually sports betting. Fuck yeah. So, uh, <laughs> God, which actually, uh, I, I won uh, $175 since I've been here, uh, which is nice. Um, <laughs> nice. I wonder why you Yeah, but I can't, really, I can't really, yeah, it's the only baseball. thing to really bet right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Baseball. You betting over and unders or what are you betting on that? Um, so I don't mean I, to get off on a tangent here as we're trying to close out, but I'm always curious because I do a little sports betting. Sounds uh, like a Navy drill, a little over and under. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, when it comes to baseball, I've really been on the, they're called nerfies, <laughs> or nerfies or yerfies. And what that is is you're betting either no run in the first inning or yes run in the first inning. And okay. it's so it's real quick. You only care about the first six outs of the game. Right. Then you right. know whether you won or lost. Yeah. And I just find that interesting. It's inside. It's exciting because you don't have to wait the entirety of the baseball game uh -huh. to like know your outcome. Yep. But it's just, uh, you know, that's, that's what I've been doing, but I, gotcha. I've also done some strikeout props. I don't really, uh, I don't know. I don't like them as much. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. but I really made most of my stuff in football and basketball, but I've, I've made a decent amount. Nice. I need to get better at it. I'm not a gambler. <laughs> I'm up to four G's. I don't win anything, so I'm, proud of I'm not trying to gamble. I am not. <laughs> I that just person. took advantage of all of the bonus bets you get when it when it first became when it legal first in Ohio became in January, yep. and then I just signed up for all the different sports books. I used all those bonuses to like build a bankroll, mm -hmm. and then I haven't spent that. Like, so it's just its own little. Yeah, you're like, I'm making not taking money, money out of my paychecks yep. and stuff to like do it. Like, it's yeah. just this own little thing that that's slowly growing. You know that. Yeah. On the next episode, Jay's crippling gambling addiction. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tune in next never season. Happened, bro. It's been mm, one never. month, and he's completely homeless. <laughs> nope. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why that'll never happen. Okay. <laughs> tell me why. Because I can't. Because I cannot stand to lose. The the losing 
a bet or like losing money. Said every gambler that failed. No, it feels worse than how good it feels to win. So it's not. I, I, yeah, that's the point. It's losing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, but I don't wager. Like losing I, I sucks worse than winning. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I would never make huge wagers where I would be in a point where so I you just continue to fucking lose. Poor Jay. So <laughs> I just hey, I have my system and and it works. So I mean, you're making money, bro. I fuck, I need to learn from you because I, I sucked do. at it for a while. I've never bet or bought a lottery ticket one time in my entire life. I, I like. Casinos, I also have tools. Bro. I also have I would tools get them that, that, for that Christmas from like my grandma uh, and aunts and uncles. That was like from the, the default <laughs> stocking stuffer, the, the two dollar gift. Like here's yes. a lottery card. Scratch it off. See if you win something. Bro, anytime I, I got scratch off, I just scratched the barcode off and scanned it. I never like did it. the actual game. <laughs> but anyways, but anyways, once again, thank you all for listening. We appreciate you guys so much. And until next time, we are the Screaming Idiots. Woo! Peace, love, dust. Have a good night. See y'all.